Blog Talk Radio. Everybody is doing very well, of course, and as usual, we got a solid lineup of crazy stuff. I mean, really crazy stuff. Um, putting this thing together uh, and exercising deep, deep thought. I mean, serious deep thought. There's so much going on. I mean, you can throw a stick, folks, and hit some important piece of news. I'm going to tell you something. This uh, this Vegas thing is blowing all to hell on the deep state, and it's going to be interesting. We've got sessions coming out against uh, Senator Frankenstein. They had a little bit of a flare-up. I had it. I lost it. I'll try to find it again. I don't know. I've got like 12, 15 clips to try to get through, so I can't waste too much time in any one place. But we're going to go through this Vegas dialectic. All this crazy crap, man, and, and you're not going to believe. If you haven't been tracking this the way I have, there's some of this stuff in here is just crazy. We've got Frederica Wilson. It's hard to find all the lies, but I'm going to play just a few of these. This is a woman who said that Trump uh, was basically mean to the uh, downed servicemen uh, when he called her to offer his condolences. This is so typical. It's pathetic. Chief of Staff has weighed in. We've got Uranium One. The Senate is going to be investigating Hillary. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? They're opening it up, folks. They're going to open it up. This is going to blow things wide open. Okay? It's going to be very interesting. We've got uh, Trump and uh, what's his name? McCain, right? The hero. Uh, I, I mean, he reminds me of I mean, what was that poem? I strike at thee from hell. I mean, th- this is McCain going after Trump again. It's crazy. National Public Radio was caught in a cyber warfare scandal with Russia. CIA is urging Trump to release the 3,000 never-before-seen documents on the JFK assassination. You better let those go, Mr. Trump. Uh, and he, uh, of course, has officially decertified the disastrous Iranian New Deal. I'm going to try to get into the guts of that and remind you some of the crazy crap that happened with our corrupt GOP establishment. Well, by the way, you saw, I don't know, did you see McConnell and Trump at the podium together where the, the tortoise uh, uh, 
McConnell suddenly becomes a hare. I mean, this man has more energy. It's like uh, Trump had his hand up his arse or something and was animating him. It was crazy. Hillary fell and broke her toe. Soros transferred $18 billion to his foundation. Monday Night Football ratings are at an all-time low. Uh, Dan Brown is saying that God's going to replay, be replaced by AI. No, that's not going to happen by AI, artificial intelligence. But he says this is going to be a new religion. So, uh, whew, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So I guess we better just go ahead and run into always the theme of the show because this is what it's all about, folks. This is what we're fighting. This is what we're fighting. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of, of the world. If you've got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Finland, of all countries, is kicking off the new year by launching a new social experiment. Some 2,000 unemployed citizens chosen at random will get a guaranteed monthly income whether they work or not. A lot of economists actually think this could be a good idea, saying it will cut down on government red tape and welfare fraud while helping to combat poverty. Secretary Clinton, in a speech you gave to a Brazilian bank for which you were paid $225,000, we've learned from the WikiLeaks that you said this, and I want to quote, my dream is a hemispheric common market with open trade and open borders. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. And the hope that each of us has to build a new world order. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. Leaders come together and establish a framework for global governance. These measures are enacted. We continue to move forward with the G20 process. We will have the kind of global governance that is necessary to ensure the stability and transparency of markets. I think a new world order is emerging, and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. The affirmative task we have now is to actually um, create uh, uh, a new world order. Yes, and that is indeed what it's all about, isn't it? And uh, I believe that's what the deep state, I believe that's what the shooting was all about. Folks, and if I was remiss in not telling you who I am, I am very secret. Uh, I reside here in North Carolina. The Illuminati do not like me, and uh, that's what I'm getting. I'm starting to. I've got one that's sort of tracking my post. Uh, I'm not sure they. They uh, <clears throat> last week I think I reported, but I'll tell you, <laughs> somebody um, drew a uh, sort of a a green penis, you know, uh, that looked kind of like a rocket, right? Uh, on one of our windows, although, you know, nobody can really see it. And I'm sure they're laughing about that. Actually, some of the people, the police commented that it was, a, you know, a very good, um, you know, very good uh, drawing, okay, or painting or whatever you want to call it. 
And then, uh, you know, so I thought, well, gee, uh, that's kind of weird. But then uh, it was funny because I was driving in. You know, there are several different ways I can get here into the office. And, uh, excuse me, I was a little bit of congestion, of course, this time of year. It seems like I've kept it this year um, with the allergies. Allergies have been horrible this year. I don't know why. But anyway, so I'm driving in the back way. And, you know, we have one of those uh, signs here where the studio is, and um, it's a beautiful studio. I'm serious. I mean, it's, it's really cool. Uh, nice wood floors and, uh, you know, sort of Art Deco uh, rustic mixed in. I mean, it's really, you know, really well done. But anyway, yeah, rough kind of wooden floors, not the refined type, although I'm getting ready to lay down some flooring. That should be fun. Also, I'm doing some projects, which, you know, it's funny because I haven't written that much. I haven't written as much as I normally do, but whatever I do write seems to explode. And remember, those of you who listen regularly, I told you that last week that this was going on. I haven't really written that many stories I've put up. See, Facebook had me suspended for like two weeks because I put up the initial Vegas story. That went absolutely bonkers. I mean, it was like 100,000 or more, um, uh, you know, just from Facebook, by the way. That's just Facebook. So uh, anyway, that thing went pretty nuts. Uh, and, you know, no telling what the actual website did. I didn't even look. You know, you've been doing this a while. You're like, oh, cool, okay, it's taking off, whatever. But it, it has been exploding. But the interesting thing is, is everything that I've put up has been like gold. Um, I mean, we're talking massive hits on virtually. And this is with me suspended from Facebook. That's a good sign. So uh, I looked at, uh, you know, just the, 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 not the server numbers, but I did um, look at the, uh, the actual analytics within the CR website, and uh, it, it was exploding. And everything we've done has been just uh, uncommon. And then something I did three months ago, I love it when this happens, especially for you writers out there, you understand. Something that I wrote three months ago suddenly started viraling. Now, this happens a lot. And, uh, you know, it's probably one of the last main essays that I wrote. And the rest of them have been sort of opinionated reports, okay? So, uh, anyway, that one was on, uh, uh, is, uh, wait, 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 wait. It, it was on um, Access Islam, okay? And you can Google that. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing story. It's true. It's fully sourced. And it tells you how the U.S. Department of Education, okay, is teaching Islam in the public schools. How about that? They are. They're teaching Islam in the public schools, and even though, you know, if you uh, if you try to spread your Christian faith within the public school or try to pray, uh, or you're, maybe you're a teacher, or maybe you have a ball game, who, who knows? I mean, they're, they're just attacking us all over the place. Uh, they will lynch you in essence, if you try to spread your Christianity anywhere, okay? But if you are a uh, an Islam aficionado, they will worship you, basically. They will herald you. They will clean your feet, and they will allow you to put posters all over your school. It is the craziest, nuttiest thing. We know that there is a sort of a alliance between the left wing in the U.S., which is about as worthless as chicken shit on a pump handle, okay? But, yes, there is an alliance in the U.S. between Islam and 
the left wing, and we all know about it, right? We all know about it. So, uh, and and the fact that it's school. Now, remember the 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 communist rules, right? Remember the communist rules. As many shows I've I've gone over it over and over for those who regularly listen. But the communist rules were a set of precepts laid down on how to take over a society, and they have basic, basically followed every one of those with the help of the uh, the globalists and the deep state movement, okay, sort of a trifecta of uh, insidious groups located all over the freaking place, and uh, the secret societies, of course, um, but they have all more or less moved together to try to defeat Americanism, because Americanism is... I believe the world's, uh, you know, the last uh, bastion for free thought, independence, liberty. Um, we see increasingly more and more that liberty is, to many, a worn-out doctrine. Democratic society is a has-been. It's been. It's washed up. Many of them believe. Many of the elites believe this. And it's time for them to take over and you know control the world and all that. So, anyway, as I continue to, to uh, digress from what I was originally telling you, it just this this rabbit hole just goes deeper and deeper and deeper, and it is astonishing the number of people who don't understand what's going on. But I will say that this Las Vegas shooting, I believe now, is deep state connected and and there are, i believe ties into law enforcement to some degree or another on the bad side on the um whatever you want to, the deep state side the side that hates america like the cfr the conservative um i'm not I'm not conservative the council on foreign relations trilateral commission all of these types of um agencies and organizations that sort of are quasi government entities uh or you know bear uh, a great deal of leverage on the government and elected members, including the Koch brothers and the Soros. By the way, he donated $18 billion. That's a lot, man. That, that's a lot of his wealth, folks. Uh, I mean, he's not worth that much. Uh, he's, I think it was like $23 billion at one time. So he is divesting himself. I should think that he's probably uh, much like McCain. He is in his... Uh, final period however none of us knows when that final period may be for any of us correct so anyway now then back to my original story i was driving up back i you knew you thought i forgot about it didn't you about this illuminati thing so i'm driving up and there's a sign in front of the building and it's kind of like a well i mean you know it's shaped like a compass uh not like the freemason compass but you see it's like a sharp angled two-sided sign one for the People coming down the road and the other people going up the road so they can both see both sides of it. Well, on the back side where, you know, people don't pay much attention, it says East Village, right? And uh, this artist, very cleverly, very cleverly, I should say, um, put a B in front of the E in East and turned it into Beast Village and then put the dick on my window. So, I don't know. Add two and two. I don't know. It's crazy. So, uh Anyway, and I'm, I'm getting over a friend of mine's death. Um, his name was uh, Randall Howe. We had the memorial for him last night. Say a prayer for him, if you can, for him and his people, because they're hurting. He died uh, in a motorcycle. Supposedly it was a motorcycle crash down in Arkansas. He was a big Trump guy. 
and uh, went to his memorial last night. Saw a few people I knew there, talked to them, but uh, which is a small world, isn't it? This guy was originally from Illinois, and I believe that's where the funeral was. But he was a friend of mine here, a client and friend, business associate, whatever you want to call it. And he has gone, and he was quite a light, let me just say. So I'm going to miss him, really, really miss him. So anyway, let me get uh, on through this because we got way too much to go here. Now, you, you did hear about the Maryland triple murder, and uh, now they're suspecting that he also hit in Delaware, okay, and shot up something there. His name is uh, Ray D. Prince, Ray D., okay, and uh you know i don't i don't know yeah he's uh he is a uh let's see i was trying to see if there was any sort of uh connection between islam okay um and he is a a black man he is he was traveling or is traveling in a black 2008 gmc acadia with delaware tags and authorities said he's considered armed and dangerous and urged anyone who believes they see him to use extreme caution but he went to a business park, so we don't know if this is Islam-related or not at this point, okay? We just don't know. He worked as a machine operator at uh, Granite Solutions in Baltimore. Uh, been to Baltimore, wasn't crazy about it. Uh, interesting waterfront, and went to see the... Uh, it's like a... Uh, an, it's, well, it's an army base there, get the name of it, but it's an artillery sort of base some of the craziest collection of guns you've ever seen. Went there on a business trip. Went and saw the uh, the baseball players play, which, you know, uh, I'm more of a football guy. Or I used to be, anyway. Now I'm just more of a, I think I'll just work on something around the house. Uh, I do like to catch a football game occasionally. I catch the Panthers when I can, which is rare. Got too much uh, going on all over the place. So anyway, um, you know, if I'm not writing, I'm doing projects, right? Because I've, I've sort of, uh, the last decade I've been so busy trying to defeat leftism and Obama, which, by the way, I've been successful in every one of my efforts um, because, I mean, look what we got. We got a, a true conservative president. I don't care what you say, Rush Limbaugh. The guy's a conservative. Just, you know, I don't care what kind of labels you put on a guy. Just watch what he does. That's what you do. You watch what he does. Look at what this guy's doing. He's the most conservative president I think we've ever had, maybe in the last hundred years. Watch what he does, not what he says, not how he thinks. Just watch what he does. You will recognize the fruit from the tree, okay? And, man, this guy, I'm telling you, I am so proud of Trump. Every time I see him talking, I just smile. I do. I smile. And he is winning this battle, folks. And the NFL is losing his mind. I mean, they they came through um, today and said that, you know, we're you know, we're going to we're going to try we're going to work on uh this uh thing about uh the uh you know the players kneeling. We don't want that to happen. We believe that you should stand. But they didn't make any sort of requirements. So they're going to let these black lives matter occupy idiots uh you know basically drag the league down. Okay? They're going to and and it's the it's an entirely wrong solution. Okay? Oh, you're worried about the athletes? Athletes are a dime a dozen, folks. Just like banjo pickers, guitar players. They may be great, but there's a guy waiting next in line who will be more than happy to take his place, and he's almost just as good, okay? Sometimes he's better. just takes a while, right? So, uh, you know, the way the NFL should be doing this is if you kneel, you're out. We're going to suspend you, okay? 
if they did that, they would put an end to this problem in about three weeks, okay, because money talks, and as you know, poop walks. So um, that's what they should do. That would be the smart thing to do. But, they're, you know, once again, you know, you, you've noticed this with all of these, com- you know, these companies uh, that were all behind. They're globalist companies. They were all behind uh, – uh, you know the 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 impetus against the the bathroom crap, where you know you, you when you say now if you're a man you got to go in a male bathroom, if you're a woman you got to go in the woman's bathroom, and it got to the point where somebody could have a a whim and say well you know what and I guess we're still there. I'm just feeling very feminine today. I think I'll use the girls' bathroom, uh, which is really handy if there's only one commode and the men's taken. You can just you know. Uh, actually, you just put your hand on your hip and walk like a woman into the woman's bathroom. Use the bathroom. Try to, you know, do it right. Don't make a mess. And then if anybody catches you, just say, look, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling very feminine today, okay? And you say it like that. I'm feeling very feminine today, so I decided I would use the girl's bathroom. Do you have a problem with that? And, you know, most people, now, unless it's some burly trucker dude, you're probably not going to have a problem. Uh, but why would he be worried about the woman's bathroom anyway? As long as there's one commode. And there will be no urinal, probably. I don't know, because they said they're going to start putting urinals in there, right? Uh, most women, do you even know what a urinal is? It's, uh, you know, you stand up. I know that's your pri- I know that's your fantasy, right? Just stand up, you know, like pee on a tree. You know, it's so cool. I used to do that thing and pretend like it was a volcano when I was a kid. But anyway, again, I digress. Um, so yeah, if you're feeling feminine, anyway, anyway, you remember how all these, uh, you know, cloud force, all these nutty globalists—they're all globalist companies, okay? Every one of them, folks. Every one of them. You can say, and it's just like in the Republicans, who are quickly becoming a dying breed when Bannon started going out. Well, we've been going after them since the Tea Party, by the way. That's nothing new. I mean, what what Bannon did was he just sort of trans he, he he sort of transmitted to the world exactly, folks, what we've been doing since what 2010. Hell yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I can remember. You can go back, and I forget where I wrote this, but I said, you know, the the first thing is we got to take back over the House, and that's exactly what he did. The second thing is we got to take over the Senate. Boom, we did that. The third thing is is we got to pick up the presidency. Boom, we did that. And the fourth thing is we have got to drive the rhinos out of Congress completely. Get them out of there, right? Get them out of there. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that's the fourth phase of our four-phase revolution, in essence. That's been the plan all along. What Bannon did is he just came out and sort of finally said, okay, dudes, guys, this is what we're doing here. I mean, I hope you're right. They're not that bright, folks. I'm just saying. These grinos are, are not that. Well, that's because a bunch of corporate globalist types uh, generally do their thinking and funding, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't need to think about anything. I'll say they're like little puppets, okay? They're just puppets. And it, it, it's ironic that the, the new litmus test is making it so easy, folks. <laughs> Making it so easy to be able to easily, I mean, just like effortlessly, effortlessly recognize a rhino, a globalist Republican, right? Effortlessly figure out who it is, 
just see how they see Trump. That's so simple. So if they're bashing Trump or if they're not following the president's policy, uh, which is in line with why he was elected by over, what, 60 million people, okay, which, by the way, there are no illegals in there. Clinton's got so many freaking illegals in her. It, I mean, it, if, if you did the numbers, Trump would have won about probably 2 million votes. Easy, okay? That's just the truth. Everybody knows this. This is like the dirty little secret that everybody knows. Just like Weinstein in Hollywood. And they're all, you know, Hollywood is devouring us. So it's like that snake, you know, in Millennium that's eating its tail. That's Hollywood. They're, they're devouring themselves. Okay, now, uh, what's his name, uh, Katzenberg just got called out because he said that he wouldn't know Molly Ringwald if she sat on his face, right? This was a while back, but, I, I, well, actually, I don't know how far back it was, but he said it, okay? It was in, it was in print, and I've got it in the, uh, ready, in, the, in the show for tonight, okay? So, yeah, so, so you know, it, it, and then there's this, like, um, A-list star. I don't know who it is. <clears throat> no, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking it could be Affleck. Who knows? We just, who knows? Um, could be an old old school, you know, actor. Probably needs some more coffee. But, yeah, there's some guy, and I think they're struggling to try to keep this quiet. But the funny thing is, um, as usual, the left's harangues are backfiring the the left's you know slings and arrows at the right have suddenly curved back or they're boomeranging right back into the left and this is where the heart of the left the Hollywood uh, folks the Hollywood peeps okay so yeah they're devouring themselves and and uh, best thing that could have ever happened uh, and they're just like NFL players you knock one down there's a sea of individuals waiting to take their place that would be more than happy to entertain us, ladies and gentlemen. Plenty of bimbos, plenty of, um, uh, what do you call them? Di- uh, not dildo, um, uh, gigolos, yes, gigolos. Uh, plenty of those, okay, uh, that would be more than willing to step up and, uh, you know, and, and, and believe me, there, there were. <clears throat> there were plenty of women who were more than willing to lay down to get her to get a you know get a part. Now you'll never hear them say that, but we all know it. Oh yeah, we know it. We know how this play. We know how this game is played. So you've got your <clears throat> predators on the one hand, which there's quite a few of those, and then you've got your um, your bimbos, as they say. Uh, on the other side that are more than willing to trade favors, okay? So it's going to be interesting how, uh, you know, how this, uh, we actually could get some really good, uh, you know, actresses and perhaps even actors because the even the burly actors, you know, the muscular dudes, they're also saying that they were, um, you know, sort of, um, and then let's, we're not even going into the pedophilia side of this, by the way, which we've been talking about that for so long. But, you know, the young male stars who are just being used and, and thrown away, okay? Just, you know, it's just like a cesspool. It's like a snake pit. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here watching it, and I just think it's hilarious, okay? So anyway, uh, so let's get back, because I'm, I'm running, uh, as, as of course, I droll on. But these are things that I've been thinking, okay? And uh, I really wanted to get in some of this news and get into the Vegas stuff, because there's quite a bit of it, Okay. So uh, anyway, that's that's the shooting thing. We don't know if it's 
doesn't sound like it's Islamic related, but it could be like that. <clears throat> Remember, was what was it, Oklahoma back in uh, 2010, where uh, you know the guy attacked the plant and the plant's owner took him out with his uh, rifle. Yeah, I keep one here too. Uh, so yeah. Um, anyway. I don't know if it's like that or not, to be honest with you. It was just a gun. There was no heads being cut off or anything, or no you know, efforts to cut off heads. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything, as you know. So we'll see how that develops. Even if even if he was Islamic, I'm sure they would never tell us. So we'd have to figure that out on our own. And we generally do. Okay. So then, now, I wanted to run through this story, and then we're going to get into some of the, the uh, other political news. But I want to spend a little bit of time on this, because this is in, it is incredible. And I hadn't heard this just uh, uh, before the other day, uh, and we posted up the story on the 16th, okay? But remember, many of you may or may not have heard of Kimberly Sushamel. I think that's the right pronunciation. I've never heard anybody say it, so I have no, no idea if that's right. But, um, but Sushamel or Sukamel, probably Sushamel. She died suddenly. Now, you will recall, this was the you know, very young lady, 28-year-old, uh, lady who was in the middle of the pack there at Las Vegas and and the in the middle and what we are calling now the dialectic uh you know you have the Hegelian dialectic which is uh, a contrived event and uh, i believe uh, it, it's contrived in and in, in that it's trying to it's is actually a contrived manipulated event in order to achieve an end okay and last week I went through my reasoning. If you hadn't listened to the show, I would urge you to do so. But basically I was saying that nobody that I have heard has taken that extra step to try to draw some assumptions as to what may have happened had it not gone so terribly bad for the gunman. Okay, When I say go so terribly bad, he had 12,000 rounds, ladies and gentlemen, of ammunition. He was planning on killing more than 58. He was planning on killing at least 5,000, maybe more, 7,500. Now, again, now if you get your head right and just think of what might have happened. Think of 9-11 when we had 3,500 people die and how the nation so willing to react to that and to, do, to give up its liberty for security over something that was obviously there are so many... Um, there are so many flaws in the story of 9-11, and then there are so many flaws in the actual engineering and architecture of 9-11 and the stories. Uh, there, there are so many problems <clears throat> all the way across the board with 9-11 that it's impossible after you have reviewed all of the information, which would it, it takes years, really, which I have done it, uh, to to believe that it was an event that was not somehow contrived by somebody on the inside, it's impossible. You have the uh, you know the or what was it the uh, Ontario Commission, okay, which was a group of architects and engineers, um, chemists, okay, you just you know molecular biologists. They all got together in the same room and started presenting. And you can find this at um, an Amazon Prime, the the story, the, the Ontario Commission reports, and probably on the web as well, okay? But uh, I sat there and I listened to it for five nights, the entire 
session, night after night. And in each case, what you come away with is the story as given is impossible. Okay, it's just it's not possible for their story to stand up. So, if that be the case, and it does, it is the case. After, you know, I do have something of a scientific background, something of an engineering background, something of a military background. And um, after I looked at all of the evidence, it was irrefutable that there was more to the 9-11 story than people are letting on, much like the Kennedy assassination. We could go on. So, uh, having said that, I believe we are seeing the same pattern, the same Hegelian pattern emerging here. So I guess the question that you might have is, well, what is a dialectic? What is it? Well, a dialectic is the art of investigating or discussing the truth of opinions, because that's all we have, but we do have evidence within our opinions, including uh, the inquiry into metaphysical contradictions and their solutions, but also relating to dialectic events, discussion, debate, dialogue, a dialectic. Uh, so, so it is the art of discussing the truth. And it is a, essentially it is a philosophical expression, a dialectic is, but it goes towards a reasoning, an investigation of the truth, an investigation of the truth of these opinions. And quite frankly, if you pare it down, if you strip it all down to the core, where only all you have is the bones, everything this Las Vegas uh, commission of the FBI, and we all know about the FBI at this point, and how questionable, um, I mean, we have the story about the FBI investigating Russian racketeering into you, the U.S. uranium stores, ladies and gentlemen, and all of the money, about $145 million, within that context, within the uranium sort of construct, uh, going to Hillary Clinton, and then the approval of selling one-fifth of our uranium to the Russians, who then, by the way, have shipped some of their uranium to the Iranians who wish to attack us. They do. This is not some Rand, Ron Paul uh you know construct where and I don't don't get me wrong I like Ron Paul but Ron Paul doesn't think anybody means us any harm anywhere he thinks it it's and that's not exactly right he's probably right a lot of this is a dialectic but we do have enemies throughout the planet folks okay and they will take us out and down if they can the first chance that they get make no mistake about it they will take us out if they can. Okay, so there is risk, and there's a great deal of it, and it does exist. And much of the world does not like us, mainly because we're, you know, the the the, the world's sole now hyperpower. And if we are, why do they screw around with us so much? Hmm, never thought about that. So uh, yeah, so there there's your that that's what a dialectic is, and this is why I'm calling us the, the Vegas dialectic. Now I want you to get this story. This is crazy, folks. You, many of you have never heard this, and I'm going to run through it and really wear down my voice. Okay, so a woman by the name of Kimberly, okay, Sushimo, 28, she attended the October the 1st Route 91 Harvest Music Festival. Yeah, there was a harvest, all right, wasn't there? But it wasn't near the crop they were expecting, right? No yield, right? 58 lives. They were planning on 10 times that, ladies and gentlemen. That Now, can you imagine how... 
the United States would have reacted again had there been 5,800 lives lost. And why did that guy, why was he carrying 12,000? Okay. Why was he carrying 12,000 rounds? Why did he have 23 guns? Did he even do the shooting? We saw the multiple. Uh, this woman is going to tell you as I read through her posting that Facebook deleted. They love doing that, don't they? Uh, she's going to tell you how there were multiple shooters in the crowd. And once I get through this, why would she lie about this, folks? And there's more to this. There's so much more when we're going to roll through all of it. Somehow, because we got a lot, of, we got a lot of stuff to get through. And plus, I'm going to do a report that Infowars had. I'm going to run through that quickly. But let me just say, you've got to hear this if you haven't heard it. And I'm going to try to do it with my dramatic voice, so that uh, if you have read it, it will take on extra meaning, if you will. Okay. So now she passed away at her Apple Valley home, and this is just days. This lady has passed away after, folks, she threatened to expose. She was going to put together a group, and they were going to expose this lie that occurred in Vegas. And and to me, there is no doubt of the lie. I've already run through. Those of you who listen regularly already know the story of the Bellagio. We've got a woman walking through the Bellagio, showing how it was locked down, telling us and showing us how they had shot through the windows at the front of the hotel, why would she lie? Going up to uh, hotel officials who were standing guard over the masses who had been locked down into the hotel during the Mandalay Bay Massacre and uh, pointedly asking them, why are we here? Why are we locked down? And getting the answer and even getting them to admit that the news media was wrong. The news media uh, to this day and the sheriff is reporting that the Bellagio was never attacked. And yet we have clear, controverting evidence. It's irrefutable that it was. There's no doubt about it. So they are indeed lying. What they are trying to do, ladies and gentlemen, is cover up the fact that there were multiple shooters. Now, if there were multiple shooters, then this would mean, well, it could mean anything. Who were, who were those shooters? I believe that's the primary question. And you have so many others. But as I move through this, you're going to see it. Okay. Now then. Sushimil posted her eyewitness account. Now, this is from IntelliHub. It has been verified. Uh, of the Las Vegas massacre, and she wrote it very well. She's a good writer in astonishingly vivid detail to her Facebook page on October the 4th. She passed away five days later, folks, on October the 9th from natural causes. Uh, now, her husband had left at 4.30 a.m. to go to his job, and she was sleeping. And when her mother found her, her mother would come to babysit, I believe it was a daughter, her mother came and she was in the bed dead, okay? And they're calling it natural causes, and they're saying, well, you know, she had epilepsy and she had a pituitary tumor. That doesn't necessarily mean she... A a pituitary tumor is not uncommon, folks. I mean, they're not like, you know, not, not everybody has one, but it's not like some sort of killing thing, okay? Um... It's not a death warrant, in other words, uh, at least not initially, not at 28. So shockingly, just before her death, Sushima posted key details about the shooting to Facebook that contradicted the official narrative, which claims that Stephen Paddock was a lone gunman. She states, and I quote, from about 50 feet in front of us and a little to the right, firecrackers were set off. She's saying they were there. There were firecrackers. Let me repeat that. Firecrackers were set off. And folks, now, 
you watch the video of uh, Jason Aldean as he's uh, you know singing his song, at about the time all of this began to happen, you see the stage shots, and you'll see the smoke. This this looks like gun smoke or something rise up and sort of waft in front or into the stage, and you see Aldean looking to the left. Those were the firecrackers, folks. The shots were being fired way up high, supposedly, and well across the the street, confirmedly. There's no doubt about it. It was a pretty long way away, okay? I mean, at least, you know, a thousand feet, I would say, somewhere along in there. So there would be no smoke from the gunfire. So therefore, firecrackers were set off. Who set them off? Because that was a precursor to make people think, oh, these are just firecrackers. So when the shots started, they would continue to assume that it was firecrackers, you see. That's the way this works. So really, uh, really insidious, cunning, in a very bad way. Is there any good cunning? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So she says, I was literally pissed off. You could see Aldean looked to his left, kind of startled by it when the firecrackers were shot off. But he was also clearly irritated. I would say about 15 seconds later, the first volley of gunfire was released. And everybody's thinking it's firecrackers. Okay. She went on. It was a shorter volley than any of the others. And the gunfire was not as close together either. Everyone looked up, down, around. We thought it was more firecrackers, of course, that's what the firecrackers were designed to do, to make you think that these were firecrackers. But then her companion, Ricky, so not her companion, but a guy that was with her group, told us all to put our boots on quickly. He caught wind of it. So Ricky knew. Smart guy. And the volley ended. Then people started to panic, of course, because they're starting to drop like flies. The gentleman behind me looked at me as I was putting on my boots, half laying down, and said, Calm down, crazy. It's just fireworks. Jeez. Right. That is when the second volley went off. Ricky yelled at us all to get down flat, and we immediately knew there was something shooting at us. I remember getting down, but I didn't lay flat for some reason, thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to get flatter than I am now. Notice she's not panicking, though. I mean, she's just giving you a play-by-play of what she was experiencing. She says, but my body just wouldn't let me get flat enough. That was the second volley. At the end of that volley, I'm still struggling to get my boots on, we turned and tried to run, but the people behind us still weren't moving, okay? So in other words, the people behind them were in the direction they were trying to get away from the gunfire. I yelled to the lady, run, it's gunfire, run! So then the third volley of gunfire hits AstroTurf. According to Sushimal, the shooting was very close. She says, when the third volley hit, and it was close, very, very close to us, I could physically see the impact of the bullets on the astroturf. I could feel the warmth, the friction, and the passing of the bullets. Once that third volley was over, Casey linked her arm into mine, and we decided at that moment we weren't stopping. We were getting the hell out of there, and I do mean hell. We were in literal hell. They were like rabbits in a pen, she claimed. She didn't say that, but I'm just adding. Then, she says, the gentleman that mocked me stating it was just fireworks and called me crazy, fell to the ground and he never got back up. The lady behind me who was now in front of me, who was terrified as I told her to run, never got back up. Ah, that's got to be just, you know, horrifying, terror-stricken. She goes on, I actually had to physically 
step over her body to run, something I am still struggling with. So please don't attack me. I was absolutely in fight or flight mode. There was another person to my right who also wasn't moving. As I read through this, folks, think about all the lies that have been told about all of this, okay? And let your anger, let it sort of seep up at who may have actually been in charge of this and the different gunfire, even coming from the hotel, which we've proven that you've heard in many cases. And then if you go look at some of the footage, I mean, you know, you just get, oh, you get mad. No good person can come away watching that and not feel anger towards whoever orchestrated this. And I don't think that it was the lone effort of the shooter, even if it indeed was the shooter. There's some questions there. Let's just keep assuming very carefully that it was. She goes on. We ran. I don't know what direction we ran. I don't know towards which landmark we ran. We just ran. It was at this time our group got split up. Casey and I were together. Ricky, Casey, and Mindy were together. Cassie and Mindy were together, I'm sorry. Soon after, according to her account, Susumo starts to panic when she realized 100% there was more than one shooter and that multiple gunmen were in the crowd, okay? They were chasing them with guns, folks. Here she goes. We were rounding some sort of corner, maybe, and I looked to the right, and I saw this large cowboy sitting down with his legs spread. He was holding a blood-soaked woman. I thought to myself, we need to hide. But as I looked quickly for somewhere to go, the gunfire once again got closer and closer, not the bullets, the firing. We couldn't hide because they, and I do mean they, were chasing us. That exact moment is when I started to really panic. That's when you start hyperventilating, going, oh, this is it. This is the exact moment in which I thought this was it, she said. I was going to die. <clears throat> I was never going to see my family again. So as we were running, we approached this fence where men are throwing women over. And we ran up to it as they had knocked it down, so we were able to get out. As we crossed the threshold of the venue, my mind went straight to other mass shootings and hearing the victims' families in my head talk about how they never got to say goodbye. I did not want this for my husband, who was at work, and my grandma, who had my daughter, Scarlett. So at 10.07 p.m., as I was running, I called my husband, frantically leaving him a voicemail, telling him that I loved him and it was in the middle of a shooting and I wasn't sure if I would make it out alive. That's a bad feeling when you're feeling like that, folks. I've experienced it. Next, while still running, I called my grandma to tell her the exact same thing. But the gunfire wasn't stopping this whole time. It wasn't ceasing. It wasn't slowing down. And it was directly behind us, following us. Following us. Bullets were coming at this point from every direction. Behind us, in front of us, to the side of us. But I know, I just know that there was someone chasing us. The entire time I felt this way, she explained. The further we got from the venue, the closer the gunfire got. I kept looking. So now, at this point, folks, she's well outside of it. They're running through the streets at this point. She says, I kept looking back, expecting to see the gunman. And I say men, because there was more than one person. There was more than one gun firing, 100% more than one. She has no doubt of this. As we were running, we kept changing direction. 
because it felt like no matter what direction we took, we were being followed. So we ended up running in a weird triangular path. Okay, so now they're just sort of retracing their steps. The first place I remember going to was a parking lot, and I told Casey, who was slightly in front of me, we need to get out of one of the trucks. She turned to me and started her way back to me, and that is when the gunfire got even closer than ever before. It was right there. It was in the parking lot. Everyone around us was panicking again. So we ditched the idea of getting underneath the vehicle, and we continued to run for our lives. If you know me, you know you know that I am not a big, or I, I am a big girl who is out of shape, and she's not that big, and who definitely does not run for any reason. But I can tell you, I ran like I have never run before. She continued. The second place I remember going by was Hooters, which is where we met up back with the rest of our small group. We ran towards the entrance, thinking we could take cover there. But as we got closer, a stampede of people ran out, terrified. Folks, they're coming out of the Hooters, stampeding out of there. Why would that be happening? Okay, she says it was like a hotel. Maybe they have a Hooters hotel. I don't know. But they came out of there terrified. Maybe it was a hotel with a Hooters, let's just say. We could only conclude that there was another gunman inside of that hotel. This made us even more scared. We had nowhere to go, no one to trust. At this point, can you imagine how you would feel? It would be like the whole world is 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 surrounding you and trying to enshroud you, trying to corral you and kill you. That's what it would feel like. It would feel like everybody is against you. She goes on. At some point, we ended up at the airport. The airport, folks. She had run all the way from this, uh, you know, this venue to the airport and even entered the building for safety. They went into the airport. Everyone as we entered were screaming at the staff, is it safe in here? But we weren't getting anyone to answer us. So after running about 30 feet in, not getting the answers we so desperately needed, nobody was paying attention to them. We decided it, too, wasn't a safe spot. So we got out of there quickly and continued running. Isn't that kind of weird? that nobody would say what's wrong or they're just kind of looking at them, you know, stupidly, not saying anything. You know, I guess you see all types, maybe groups going nuts, but I think that's just very odd. Anyway, I'm not doubting what she's saying. I'm just telling you the reaction within the airport is really weird to me. And you know all about, well, that's a different airport. Anyway, so after all this running, we were tired, sore, and having to stop to cough, gag, and even vomit. We ran across an intersection, and we and another group of people pleaded with the limo driver to let us in and get us out of there. He was clearly confused and didn't understand what the hell was going on, so he didn't let us in. Next, we ran to a taxi van, and she was willing to let us in, but she told us her van only held four people, and she wasn't going to let the five of us in. So we said, screw it. I would have let them all in. I would have said, stack up. I'll just get as many as I can, but not this stupid driver. So anyway, we said, screw it, and continued running. At one point, we ran past a small liquor store. And, I, folks, I haven't, I haven't mapped this to see how far they actually ran. But this is incredible. Uh, it is an incredible story, and you cannot help but believe it. So I don't have any doubt that this actually happened, okay? I don't have any doubt of it. She says, at one point, we ran past a small liquor store where they so graciously gave us water bottles. We passed UNLV, the college, as well. So that gives you the general direction. I need to map this just to, to, to figure out, you know, why they kept running. I get this. This is even, this is even crazier. 
Additionally, the eyewitness reported that she was running with her group alongside Tropicana Avenue when a dark-colored SUV slowed, and a smaller Hispanic woman, okay, remember the smaller Hispanic woman at the start of the concert who told them they were all going to die? You remember that? Well, I don't know if it's the same one, okay, but she emerged from the window to taunt her group. She leans out the window, and she yells something we couldn't understand, but she yelled it in a taunting manner. It really freaked us out because, again, we didn't know who we could and could not trust. Could this smaller Hispanic woman have been the same short Hispanic lady reported by another eyewitness to have threatened constant growers 30 to 45 minutes before the shooting started, she asked. <sighs> who knows? So eight days later, folks, this young lady was found dead in her bed by her grandmother at 8.30 a.m. According to an October 9 report confirming Sushimal's death, Sushimal was taking medication for a pituitary tumor and feared to fall asleep at night after being heavily traumatized by the massacre. So she was having, like, she would shut her eyes and she would have, you know, sort of reenactments of what actually happened. I mean, and that can that can drive you insane. So um, she... Many people believe, by the way, now, you know, this guard, the one who showed up and got shot in the leg, who, who some people thought, they actually had stories coming out that he was uh, possibly the second shooter, right? Yeah, that's, and remember, he was supposed to get on Sean Hannity's show, never happened, he canceled, okay? So this, uh, there's a big mystery now, nobody knows, well, nobody in the media or the conservative media actually knows where Campos is, all right? He's gone missing. So, folks, is that not an incredible story? And I, I do want to map this. I may do that just to map, kind of kind of go back over how she wrote it and more or less trace where all she may have gone. But she was clear. I mean, you know, then, then you've got, you know, the story that I did uh, last week. Um, about uh, the clear cover-up, I mean, the clear evidence that the Bellagio was locked down and they're in denial of it. So now then, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you hear some of this. Many many of you probably haven't. It's a really cool report from uh, Alex Jones sort of detailing some of the events, and as you listen, you'll recognize that there are are problems within the storyline. So I'm going to let you hear some of this uh, before we move on through some of these other the Vegas stories, and so clearly, ladies and gentlemen, clearly, as you can see, there is, there are major, major problems with this story. It's just incredible. So here we go. Here's the report. Calls and accusations or conjecture coming through social media uh, that there's multiple shooters at other results resorts that has been proven to be false. I need medical for that caliber to come up to the North Valet, the North Valet. There was no gunfire outside the Bellagio Hotel last night. Is the advice now we're getting shots fired at Caesars and the Bellagio? I don't want to give you a, a skewed timeline. I do believe that there was uh, 100% more than one shooter. It sounded like a gang battle. It sounded like overlapping fire. We got reports of a guy with a gun here. Set up by Victor, what's your location? 
who is clearly upset, clearly threatened, and clearly fearing for his life. This is beyond any Hollywood movie I've ever seen. This is critical. Our federal law enforcement sources cannot give us specific intel because it's classified. But when pressed, they told me Aaron Rouse, just like his boss Mueller before, covered up Islamic connections to terror attacks here in America before and basically ordered air marshals, FBI, you name it, to stop investigations. That's the info we've got, is that he is a specialist at covering up and basically enabling Islamic terror. That's really important when you see ISIS taking responsibility. And the FBI, before the bodies were even cold, Monday morning, saying, we rule this out, they weren't involved. As this event unfolds, we have determined to this point no connection with an international terrorist group. As this investigation continues, we will continue to work with our partners to ensure that this is factually, thoroughly, and absolutely investigated to be able to bring comfort and peace back to this community. Ladies and gentlemen, from our intel, they weren't just involved, they ran the whole operation. And this was supposed to kick off an entire cascade of attacks. We know there's a cover-up. The question is, what is the cover-up of? So there you are, and then we even have, ladies and gentlemen, more stories on this. I mean, one of the big questions why the cover-up, well, I believe, folks, that they intended to kill, you know, thousands of people, not just 58. And I think maybe a little bit of divine intervention was at play here, who knows. Okay, I mean, it's very possible that that there was something more going on that was sort of – stifling their efforts okay and then you know we all heard when we did the story we ran it where the uh the las vegas sheriff is insisting there is no conspiracy check it out On Friday, Las Vegas authorities clarified some of the much-disputed timelines surrounding the mass shooting on October 1st to address what they called conspiracy theories that have tried to explain a supposed six-minute gap between the first reported gunshot fired at a security guard at the hotel and the massacre of dozens of concertgoers. Sheriff Joe Lombardo denied accusations that law enforcement officials were either covering up details of the shooting or had been mistaken due to ineptitude. I am absolutely offended with that characterization, he said. So he denied it, and then we find out, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that all of the Route 91 workers' phones and laptops at the event had been wiped. Now, this is according to a Las Vegas resident who posted a status update on Facebook saying that a bunch of people that worked the Route 91 said that they got their cell phones back But they said all their phones are completely wiped clean. All messages and info from that weekend are completely gone. Not the entire phone, but everything from that weekend. And she's asking if anyone else experienced this. A few different people who were vendors there, okay, so this is the workers, uh, are saying the same thing, she later stated. Uh, And also another Route 91 worker confirmed the story, commenting, of course, it's an act of federal crime scene. They can wipe it clean. I was the beverage manager for the entire event. My laptop is wiped clean. Uh, I don't know about that. Lee Daniel, maybe he could speak to that uh, when he gets on as far as, I mean, can they actually wipe out evidence or is not that not obstruction of justice, is it? 
So they go through it, and, and they were contacted. Uh, the, the writer of the story were also contacted by another individual who told the same story. So they've got corroboration here. And while some assert that the Fed's wiping of data is routine, if authorities want to stop the many conspiracy theories circulating about the attack, they're not they're doing a very good job of it. Uh, as Ann Coulter noted, the media's treatment of the story and the constantly changing official narrative is only serving to make people more, I don't know, more suspicious, but I don't know how you couldn't possibly be. Everybody thinks there's something else going on here. Um, I don't know what happened, and apparently neither do the cops, but it's kind of odd that we keep being told that things aren't true about the massacre from the basic timeline to this weird insistence that Paddock made a good living at gambling. Uh, and, you know, she points to that there, there are so many, so many questions surrounding this, folks. And if he planned to commit suicide, then why did he unload 200 rounds in the hallway at a security guard who was checking in on someone else's room before he began his massacre? You know, remember now they changed the entire story initially saying that, oh, that was behind. Okay, that was, that came at the end. That's how it stopped. And all of a sudden, they had to change it around and say, no, 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 it came because the story didn't work, okay? Now, with that story I just read you, InfoWars had another story, and I was, actually it was from IntelliHub, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure about that. But a woman who died days after surviving the ill-fated October 1 Country Music Festival in Vegas was getting ready to, and this is once again Kimberly Sushimal, who you heard her accounts of the events, um, she wanted to organize a survivors group to flesh out the strange event in order to add content to understand what exactly happened. And she tried to create it on Facebook, and they have the conversations. She died suddenly, and I'm sure Lee might want to speak to that uh, when he gets on here, but at her Apple Valley, California residence, five days after posting her version of events, she's dead. In the days following the massacre, friends reached out to Sushimu over a, a October the 4th post in which she described someone setting off firecrackers. Now, you heard me read all that out uh, and review it. She says there was more than one gun firing, and, and she's 100% sure of that. And one longtime friend who asked to remain anonymous did provide uh, InfoWars as a writer of this story with screenshots of a conversation that he had had with her in which she indicated planning to organize a group of survivors. And he said, you can you can share my comment, and you can leave my name. I'm trying to organize a group of survivors, so if anyone wants to contact me, they can, because this is fucked up shit. i just just quoting her. Doesn't make sense, and we're trying to piece things together. The media can suck it. They have no idea. Well, and she's right. Well, the media is controlled by the big state, by the corporates, uh, who are in league with the deep state. I mean, I've been all through this, Operation Mockingbird, blah, 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 you know the story. So Sushima goes on to tell her friend, <coughs> who told InfoWars he'd known her for years, that she was compiling a second-by-second -second story detailing her experience and pinpoints on an image where she'd been seated with her friends. Um, and when she, uh, when she, well, she posted up, was a red dot of where they were relative to the stage, okay? And she says that there is so much more that happened that I didn't mention. I've been writing it all down so I don't get swayed by media and authorities. And, and then, you know, she says, thank you, that means a lot. God was on my side. Let me show you a picture of where we were. The red dot is where we were, and you can read this in the story that we have at CR. Uh, we were in the middle of the worst hit uh, hit spot 
I'm kind of having survivor remorse, I think, because we should not have survived this. And actually, a lot of people survived it, but it, it really is amazing, ladies and gentlemen, how many survived when you stop and sort of just take it all in. I mean, this guy with this, and they don't believe, folks, by the way, that it was a one of those uh, stock bumps. They believe that it was a web machine gun, a machine gun where the bullets are in a web, because it sounds just like it. They had, um, you can go to YouTube and find this, but the comparison between a web gun and a bump stock, the bump stock does it in bursts, like that. A web gun goes, you know, just constantly, just very even. A bump stock, I don't think, can possibly be even because it's using a mechanism to basically bang the trigger against your finger, okay? That's kind of how it works. And it only, you know, it, you can't, because of maintaining control would be very difficult with the gun constantly moving. So you can only do it in short bursts. And even with a regular machine gun, if you've ever shot one, the barrel tends to go up, okay? The barrel always rides up on you, and so you have to keep it down. That's just the natural motion of it. So with a bump stock where you're barely controlling the thing, it's going to be, you know, wiggling on your arm, and so you can't keep a long burst. It would be very difficult. But a web gun, oh, you can aim and just let it go. And it's, you know, it'll still try to ride up, but it's easier to control with, you know, like both hands. So this is kind of the difference. So another friend of Sushima who had organized a fundraiser to help pay for funeral expenses says her family made the decision to deactivate, to deactivate Kimberly's Facebook account due to an overwhelming amount of messages from conspiracy theorists claiming her friend was murdered. They believe she passed away from a grand mal seizure, but the autopsy report has not been finalized. And then we find out that there was a lockdown at the Vegas morgue, ladies and gentlemen. I'll get into that story later. Uh, but let's bring in Lee. I mean, Lee, uh, up to this point, you've kind of heard my commentary on what all is taking place. I'm about in the middle of this part of it. What do you think? I mean, has your opinion I think, changed? Or... Go ahead. No, I think it's all a lie. The whole thing, from God. beginning to end, is a contrivance. And ladies and gentlemen, this Every is from an ex-DOS agent, okay? Plenty of experience, an ex-DOS agent. And you've sort of, not this kind of operation, but you've, you've orchestrated other operations, haven't you, Lee? Yeah, yes. And... The way it's being hyped is a perfect example of the fact that it's a contrivance because the normal would be that facts like this would not be leaked. <clears throat> Idiotic stuff like wiped phones and wiped computers wouldn't even be given back. They're held in evidence for you know, sometimes until years after. And as long as there is any open investigation in anything, uh, then it's held in evidence. Number two, no, they don't get to wipe them because, you know, that's tampering with evidence. Exactly, exactly. That's so exactly you're, you're what right. it is. And you're almost absolutely every right. Almost every criminal case like this has civil cases that come right behind it. For that very reason, 
they wouldn't be allowed to wipe that because they could be sued for wiping evidence that could have prosecuted or won a lawsuit for somebody for millions and millions of dollars. Well, it's the same as Hillary, who is now under uh, a Senate investigation, by the way, for her role, and uh, they're investigating the, the real Russian collusion story, which involves Hillary and the sale of American uranium to the Russians. That's the real story. And, folks, I don't know if you've seen this. We're going to go through it, but it's crazy. It's just insane. But, Lee, you make some excellent points. Um, great having you on, by the way. It's good to hear your voice because I don't get to talk to you much between shows. But, um, it, you know, it, 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 I don't know. Now, you've been out and around, out and about, and you talk to a lot of people. I mean, is there anybody that believes the uh, the official story at this point? Not much, not much of anybody. They're just disgusted with it. Yeah, just, it's a whole, it's a point of disgust, and and it's get the unfortunate thing is ever since John Kennedy, there has been a continuous series of crap happenings like this that the public has just gotten to the to the condition. That's a good word. To the point that they just yeah. say, "Well, we're never going to know the truth about it. So what's what's the use? Nobody's yeah. ever going to find out about it, and if they do, they'll kill them." Well, so yeah, but you know, if there is an official inquiry into this, which uh, that's going to be a big question mark. Uh, not not the uh, not the deep state's official inquiry. We're talking about a real inquiry, and there is hope that that can happen because we have a very powerful, a pro people president, not pro you know government, big bureau, big bureaucracy, big kleptocrat president like we've always had in the past for the most part. Then we have the story that the Las Vegas Metro Police have responded to questions swirling around hero security guard, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus Campos and his current whereabouts, blaming independent journalist Laura Loomer for his going missing and insisting his disappearance was intentional. Officer Larry Hatfield, spokesman for the department, first mentioned that nobody had opened a missing person's file on Campos, and suggested that his employer, NGM, was aware of his location. He's a private citizen, let me put it that way, Hatfield explained. If you were getting bombarded by media attention from people like uh, independent journalist Laura Loomer, it's your choice not to disclose your location. I don't know, he is a witness to a major, major, major massacre felony. I mean, the, the actual perpetrator. Uh, I would think, you know, wouldn't he... Wouldn't he possibly be under protection and the police the policeman has already said look i know things i'm not going to tell you i know things i'm not going to tell." he actually said that so what are the chances that they're just letting him you know just wander around out there you know don't worry he'll be fine um what are those chances no. lee daniel yeah about yeah. one in ten ten trillion <laughs> yeah somebody is taking care of him either either his own people have got him someplace where they think he's safe, or he's a material witness. He can be arrested and held until trial, whenever yeah, whatever the trial might be. Yeah, and uh, MGM told the Las Vegas Review-Journal it knows where Campos is, and he's just shy. Okay, 
Uh, Jesus Campos wants to tell his story at a time and place of his choosing. He's asked that everyone respect his request for privacy. I, I don't know, but I'm sure they're they're trying to get him to you know uh, memorize the the their story. Okay, MGN said in an email to the newspaper, "We could not be more proud of Jesus." Loomer, uh, Loomer visited Campos's home early this month to find the property guarded by a private armed security firm. Uh huh. A little bit of government contracting going on there, I'd say. Suggesting Campos and his family may be under a gag order. LVMPD's comments singling out Loomer are interesting, considering Sheriff Lombardo's repeated efforts to block her uh, from press conferences. And she's saying she was not allowed into the press conference. So any real journalist, okay, that would be anybody that's not of the, you know, uh, the big six journalists, big corp journalists, they're not going to let them in there uh, because they're not going to play by the rules, are they, Lee? The LVMPD yeah. and the FBI are trying to make sure that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Loomer said in a statement to him for wars. Not only are they participating in a full-blown misinformation campaign, which I proved through my exclusive report about the official timeline discrepancies, but they are also concealing the true identity and status of hero security guard Jesus Campos from the public, and she leaves a statement. So... Uh, and by the way, the the FBI had uh, never mentioned any you know any of the shooters at the Bellagio. Now that's that's been that's been confirmed. Okay, it's been confirmed. Nobody has said anything about it, and they are keeping it a secret. And we have all of the footage. We have the full report. It's just not there, folks. So I mean, you know, that in and of itself should tell you something. And then we have this report. Why is the Las Vegas coroner's office on lockdown? That's a good question. Well, let's go to the reporter on site, okay? And this is from Crowdsource the Truth, Jason Goodman. And I want you to check this out. I'm gonna, I might have to, you know, jip it a little bit, flip through it. But here is, uh, you know, here is the the initial story. You know, as I'm standing here in front of the Valley Hospital, I can't help but think about George Webb. And I wanted to go in there and speak to the coroner, just see if they'll talk to me. I don't know if anybody has come over here just yet. I didn't want to use hidden camera for this. So we'll just walk in there and see what they say. They they might not, you know, this might not be the way to do it. So let's see. speak to him a journalist. Uh, I will give you a card with a number, and you'll have to call with a number. Wait, so it's on lockdown? It what? is like a lockdown. The police are at the end. They can kind of explain to you. They're parked over here in the lot. They can explain to you if you should All right, I'll, I'll take the business card for sure. Okay. Lockdown.
be on lockdown at least for the rest of the week. But check. Has that ever happened before that they've locked? We've never had anything like this. Right, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to speak to Dr. Fuddenberg? No. Call. Call. Check Is it unusual for the coroner to be appointed rather than elected? I read that Dr. Fuddenberg. I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not at liberty to speak with journalists. I see. So whose number is this? That's just our all-over office number. And when you speak with the police, they will tell you if there's a different number, you should call. Thanks. But uh, I, I checked, and they're still, they're still in lockdown. So next week it'll be... I don't know. They, they didn't who tell d- me Who determines yet. that lockdown? Who, who put that on? You'll, I don't know. We've never had a situation like this. Right. So... I, I just I can't answer any questions. How long have you worked in the office? I can't answer all your questions. Okay. I'm not at liberty to speak with you. Thank you very much, Lori. Your card. Okay, thank you, Lori. Lori Downey, not at liberty to speak. Hmm. Well, I must say I didn't expect that. Although, I guess it makes sense. She says the police are out here. That woman's badge said coroner on it. I was under the impression that the coroner, that there was only one, and that it's this guy, Fuddenberg, who they said was appointed, which I also found strange because when we spoke to Dr. Rudd, he said that the coroner is an elected position and that the coroner is independent of the police and actually had more power than the police. It looks like the police over there. Let's see if I can talk to them. Hi. I was just talking to the coroner. She told me that the place is on lockdown and I should speak to you. Well, just like, has it, I mean, it's kind of unprecedented, right? Have the, the coroner's office on lockdown? Do you know when that's going to be released? I don't uh, I also was under the impression that the coroner's office was independent of the police and that the coroner was the highest level law enforcement officer in the county. Okay. Is that correct? There, I mean, what do you need to know this for? I'm a journalist. Okay. I mean, is that correct? Is the coroner's office, I'm sorry, repeat the question. Is the coroner's office independent of the police? Yes. So why are the police having the coroner's office on lockdown? Their business, that's what they're at. We've been asked to do right now. I see. Hmm. Is that your understanding that the coroner is the highest law enforcement office in the county? Sure. Huh? All right. Oh, there's more police there. All right. Great. Have a nice day. You too, sir. Pretty crazy. No coroner is not, somebody says. Well, Thomas Rudd, who was the coroner in Illinois, said that was what it was, that the coroner was the highest law enforcement officer in the county, supposed to be independent of the police, and elected. But an article in, I think, the Las Vegas Journal, I just looked it up before I came over here, said that this coroner... Dr. Fuddenberg was appointed in 2015, not elected. 
interesting to see, right, this reaction. I mean, I guess we're not exactly getting what we thought, but... Okay, so, Lee, what's your analysis of all that? My whole comment is that nothing that ever happens in Las Vegas, Nevada, or nothing, basically nothing that happens in the state of Nevada, is going to come out any other way than they want it to. That state has so many billionaires involved in it and so much very, very high-level military involved in it and other things that it has been controlled by a a very, very few for at least 70 years that I know of. Right. That state is so tightly controlled, it you'll never get the truth out of it. You just won't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I, that's our Las Vegas update, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I'm sure on your end that was pretty fascinating. And we're pretty much where we were from the start. Uh, now, we do know that according to the, uh, the hostage uh, first response unit, uh, or the, I think it's the her, her, the hostage response team that took out the HRT that took out uh, the shooter Paddock. Well, no, he killed himself. That's the that's the story. However, the the actual reports coming out of the HRT insiders are saying no, no, no. He tried to, you know, he was fighting for his life, and they killed him. Not sure why they're trying to push the argument that he had killed himself. Uh, maybe to avoid additional questions about, you know, the way uh, Lee Harvey Oswald got killed, sort of, I guess. So uh, there, there's the rest of your story, I mean, up to this point. Now, this is pretty concise in everything, you know, a summary of everything that we have seen going on. I'm sure there's more, but this is the – so we're pretty much where we are from uh, day one after the events took place. The guys did – And you see – you see what happened to somebody that was building a very accurate timeline, too. Exactly. Dead. Exactly. And, oh, she died from her epilepsy. I don't know. Do people die from epilepsy? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I, uh, that's, not, that's not common. I wasn't so, saying that because I'm not an expert on epilepsy. But yeah. to me, unless there were exaggerated or, or accompanying circumstances, I have seen more than one epileptic seizure, and they didn't die of it. And one time, I was reprimanded by medical officials for trying to to do, and this is when I was very young. There was a seizure going on, and I was trying to help and do some things. You know, I had always heard all kinds of stories about it. And the medical people got there and, and said, no. Just leave the person alone. They're not going to die of it. They may look like it. You can turn them on their side so they don't choke and let them alone. They will be fine, and we can control the seizure in just a second with drugs. And he proceeded to give give the, the person a shot, and they were fine within, you know, two, three minutes. And got up and walked away. Yeah. So, no, I don't buy so it is, that yeah. either. 
There, there, it is. Uh, they do. It's the 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 risk of dying from epilepsy is about one point six to three times higher than for people without it. Okay, but that's still not, you know, that's still not massive, huge odds. Uh, under no, the uh, there is a, a drug called, called gabap- drug called gabapentin that perfectly well takes care of seizures. Right, <laughs> and controls it. And and no big. It's not even a big deal. It's it's a controlled substance, but right. it's not even right. a heavy narcotic. Right, and uh, they call it SUDEP. It's sudden, uh, you know, unexpected death and epilepsy. But, you know, 1.6 to 3 times, that's a wide variance. Uh, so, in essence, I would say at her age is probably more uncommon. Okay, maybe, uh, maybe uh, you know, you, you have a seizure and you fall and you hit your head or whatever, but she was in right. bed, right? I mean, that's how John Travolta's son died. He, he had a seizure and hit his head. Uh, back uh, some time ago, I believe it was in 2009. So anyway, no, it's not like it's a hugely common thing. It can be fatal, uh, but it's just the, – the, look, look at the odds of this woman going to this event and surviving it, also having epilepsy, and also having a pituitary tumor, and also dying essentially in her sleep. And that's a lot of odds, isn't it, Lee? I mean, small odds. I mean, most yes. people, I mean, very small sector. Look look at it. And that's the thing. I don't know what the equation is, but you very rarely have uh, this collection of, uh, you know, small risk gathered together to take somebody out, in essence. So, well, the other she, thing is, she has a, she had, I should say, a sensitive health condition that could be used against her to begin with. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and true. That's a very good point. Epileptic seizures can be brought on by nothing more than lasers. A laser pointer can bring on an epilepsy seizure. If it flashes in, in their eyes, because it interrupts the the brain impulse that controls it, and they go into seizure if they have tendencies to do that. So they could have, they, whoever, could have accentuated her seizure situation, and not even been in the same location, and brought on a a, a horrid seizure rather than just a mild or whatever. To the point that yes, it became a life and death or fatal situation. So I mean, she had a sensitive health condition to begin with that is totally susceptible to outside stimuli. So you know, that's an, another route. Somebody could have easily killed her using a laser pointer yeah, and never touched her. Yep, and that's happened. I mean, look at Breitbart. That, that's still. The Breitbart died. I mean, and, you know, people talking about the, uh, you know, the uh, the ice gun where they shoot, they they fire a splinter at you uh, that has a drug that will just come, you know, just it kill you immediately, and then it it you know it melts and there's no trace of it, and um, right, you know, that's some people have speculated, and then remember Breitbart's uh, he had information on Obama. And uh, he he was dead. He was he said I'm going to release some information, and he was dead before that happened. And he, by the way, worked with Bannon at Breitbart, 
And his even worse, Breitbart's coroner, you can look this up, he also died at, not long after he showed up at the morgue, right? So there are folks, I mean, you know, and this is not, anyway. Okay, so let's move on because we got a lot more news yet and, and a little bit of time just, to get there. There are too many people connected with too many things dying, and then there's a cleanup, period. Right, That's exactly. All I got to say. Exactly. So now then, we uh, then, then we had this drama today, folks. I'm moving on. We had this drama. In addition to the shooting in Maryland of this guy, guy named uh, Rady Prince, okay, then we had uh, the the news breaking that Trump, uh, according to this uh, this uh, radical left wing, she's black. I mean, she's down for the cause. Uh, representative, her name is Frederica Wilson, and she reminds me of Frederica Flip Wilson. Okay, um, that's funny. I wonder if she's any kin to Flip, but. Uh, remember, Flip used to do the the Frederica the Frederica impersonation. I'm going to play that for you. But now, the, my point here now, the story is that when Trump was talking to the widow of the guy that uh, that had died uh, and was, you know, the, he, he was doing his presidential call, Frederica was sitting in the car and it, and Trump was on the speakerphone, and of course. They blew this up, and it's probably false because Frederica Wilson, and she's the one that wears the weird, you know, freaky cowboy hats, and I'm sure she thinks that's slick. <laughs> but <clears throat> she, uh, she is a known liar. She was one of the uh, primary instigators in the uh, in the riots in Ferguson when she stated officially stated. I want you to hear this. Now this is a lie. I could only go back so far. Because Google wouldn't let me, and I didn't have time to go to Bing and some of the other ones, right? I didn't have to look at our archives at CR. I mean, I'm rushing to put all this show together because there's so much. But anyway, I want you to hear what she had to say about Trayvon Martin that we later know is completely untrue. Completely untrue. Check it out. Trayvon was hunted down like a rabbit dog. He was shot in the street. He was racially profiled. The shooting has sparked national... Yeah, okay, so that's uh, the first one. Now, that's the first one. Uh, here comes uh, the next one. Okay, you're going to love this one, right? You're going to really love this one. Here we go. It was reported to me that there are Indians in my district who eat dog food when their food stamps run out. Yeah. I was appalled and went to see for myself, and I was dumbfounded. I fixed the situation, but I'm sure that somewhere in America today, some poor soul is relying on dog food to take them through the month. Mr. Speaker, please do not hurt or destroy what is a mainstay in the lives of so many Americans who are just trying to get by. Do not remove nutrition, including the food stamp program, from the farm bill. It's wrong, it's punitive, and it's cruel. Okay, now I'm going to let you, uh, I think it's Geraldine, right? Flip Wilson uh, doing yeah. Geraldine. Uh, first, I'm going to let you hear what she said about Trump. Uh, and you know, Trump, oh, come on, he's not going to say that, that, that what she's saying is that Trump said, well, you know, he signed up for this. And, and, and no, 
Nobody would say, no idiot would say anything like that. And Trump has an IQ of 156. He's not an idiot, okay? Uh, so, uh, no. And he's not going to say anything like that about the military, I promise you. So this is uh, just a little bit of the story of what – here is her representation, and then we'll go to Flip Wilson and see the uh, the extraordinary, the almost bizarre similarities. Okay, But here is Frederica again. Uh, I think it's on uh, – well, let's see. Well, let's, let's listen. Let's see what it has to say. Moment listening to the call. Well, I think that President Trump was aware that we were on the way to retrieve the body from the airport to bring it back to the funeral home. So I'm sure he knew that I was not the only person in the car. It was a limousine, so I'm not the only person who heard the conversation. Uh Uh And the call was on speakerphone. And and she was crumpled up in a ball. She weighs maybe 103 pounds. She's six months pregnant. She had just found out that her husband would not be able to have an open casket funeral because of the condition of the body. So she was grief-stricken. And uh, in the car was her aunt and uncle who raised La David. Uh, the, my driver, the, the the gentleman from the army, and the driver of the limousine. Uh-huh. So they, they so they the, the the gentleman from the army held the phone so that she could speak. And we all knew that we knew that he was going to call. And then I said, uh, I want to speak with him. Let me speak with him. And they said, No, no, no. So they said, well, what do you, what, what, why did you want to speak with him? I said, because I wanted to curse him out. Woman, uh, Mrs. Johnson, as you mentioned, is six months pregnant with her third child. And uh, according to you, President Trump not only said this is what her husband signed up for, but not once did he call her husband a hero. What was her response when she heard what uh, the president said? She simply said, this is all she said. I'm going to tell you exactly. She said, he, he was calling him my guy. He didn't even know his name. That's what she said. Mm. And that was all she said. Um, you know, um, Congresswoman, President Trump said this morning uh, that he actually has proof of what was actually said. Now, I'm listening to what you're saying. Okay, that's enough of that. Good grief. Um, hang on a second. Exactly what happened in there. there we go. God, I can't stand that woman's voice. It grates on me. So now you've you've listened to uh, you've listened to Frederica Wilson in like three different exchanges. Now I want you to hear what uh, Flip Wilson sounds like while he was doing Geraldine with Tim Conway and Burnt Reynolds. Now this is probably I, I remember this in the 70s. This Flip Wilson uh, looks just really similar. It's almost uncanny, folks. But now this is Flip Wilson doing Geraldine, or maybe it's just his, you know, premonitient um, impersonation of what will become uh, cowboy hat wearing, you know, whatever, Frederica Wilson. I just think this is hilarious. Check it out. Uh, pardon me, Fraulein. What? You 
watch your mouth, honey, the name is Jones. Geraldine Jones. Don't forget it. Uh-huh. I don't allow strange men to accost me on the street. Now, wait a minute. I wasn't accosting you. I mean, I wasn't much giving you the goo on the eyes. You know what I mean? I mean, so you don't understand. Oh, I understand, all right. Don't let this innocent face fool you. Hmm? No, you see, what I wanted to know is if uh, you'd like to make $20 for an hour's work. Consolidated Film Company. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What we need here is to make a movie. See, uh-huh, this, this uh-huh. is all the equipment we have here. But this is the camera. Oh, yeah. This is the light. Look at this. That. Egotextical 60 Maniac. <laughs> Very close. It's a star. He's a star. Mm. <laughs> no, it ain't. Mm. Look at that. Oh, it couldn't be. <laughs> I know you, honey. Watch out, honey, because Geraldine Jones is making her debut, honey. Huh? <laughs> Just tell me what you want me to do. Well, it's a very... All right, so let's uh, let's hear Frederica just a little bit more, okay? I'm going to let you draw that comparison, folks. <laughs> Here she is. <laughs> what is a mainstay in the lives of so many Americans who are just trying to get by? Do not remove. Nutrition, including the food stamp program from the bomb. Simple story, uh-huh. you can see here. Forest girl, see? Uh-huh. You know, and you're kind of a swinger, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, a lot. You want a lot of this. <laughs> it's wrong, it's punitive, and it's cruel. Folks, I believe... Uh... I don't know, but this woman, I don't know, you know, I don't know, it could be some sort of transgender going on, I don't, I'm not saying that, I'm just telling you, man, Flip, uh, Lee, you're on the other end, you're listening, can you tell the difference between Flip Wilson's, uh, you know, his transvestite impersonation of Geraldine and Frederica Wilson, I don't know if there's some sort of, maybe there's, I don't know, maybe this is Flip Wilson, May, you know, Frederica Wilson, Flip Wilson, I mean, you know, I, I don't know at this point, anything can happen here, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, can, can you even tell the difference between the two of them at this point? <laughs> it's a little hard to tell. I'll agree. <laughs> it may be a uh, family trait. Yeah, it could be. But, yeah, her name is, you know, Flip Wilson, Frederica. You know, she makes so much of an ass of herself. And she's a publicity hound. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't surprise me, you know. Shot Tavon like a dog. And then, uh, oh, my people are eating dog food, you know. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay, so here is what Trump. Well, it's, uh, he, he, I'm sorry. Here, here is what he, listen, listen, here is what he had to say about it, okay? Here you go. Didn't say what that congresswoman said. Didn't say it at all. She knows it. And she now is not saying it. I did not say what she said. And. Uh, I'd like her to make the statement again because I did not say what she said. I had a very nice conversation with the woman, with the wife, who is, sounded like a lovely woman. Did not say what the congresswoman said, and most people aren't too surprised to hear that. Uh, let, let her make her statement again, and then you'll find out. Okay, let her make her statement again, and then you'll find out. Okay, so that's uh, that was that bit of drama. 
And yeah. then uh, we had we had <laughs> we had McCain, of course, uh, you know, attacking uh, Trump. Um, uh, some of the things that McCain said were incredible. I think you probably heard this too, Lee. But I'm going to revamp it, let you hear it. Now, this this caused not quite a feud, folks, because Trump didn't respond, believe it or not. Uh, you know, because McCain is on his last leg. He's got that geoblastoma. Uh, tumor and it's not looking good, um, but you know. Anyway, I, this, here here is the story and some of the you know the the back and forth between the two. This is a report from uh, CBS Philly. They seem to they they pretty much handled this. So I'll let you hear it. Fueling an escalating war of words with President Trump. Tonight, the president is issuing a warning in his latest back and forth with the Arizona senator. Eyewitness News reporter David Spun joins us now from our satellite center with details. David? Yuki Senator John McCain is standing by his comments about President Trump made here just last night in Philadelphia. Tonight, I sat down with a news veteran who personally knows both Senator McCain and President Trump. And then, of course, you know, John McCain came in and he went thumbs down at 3 o'clock in the morning. And everybody. Everybody. Do I know so much, folks, I can tell you. Things are strained between President Donald Trump and Republican Senator John McCain, who voted against the president's health care proposal. Senator McCain unleashed on the leader of the free world at the Liberty Medal ceremony in Philadelphia Monday night. To refuse the obligations of international leadership and our duty to remain the last best hope of Earth for the sake of some half-baked, spurious nationalism cooked up by people who would rather find scapegoats than solve problems. I thought it was one of the finest speeches I've ever heard. CBS News correspondent Bob Schieffer knows a thing or two about politics. In his 60-year career, he's seen a lot, and he says the spat between for the country. The president hit back against McCain on talk radio this morning. You heard what he said people, yesterday, people, uh, Senator McCain. Yeah, well, I, I, I hear it, and people have to be careful because at some point I fight back. Yeah. You know, I'm being very nice. I'm I being very, very nice. But at some point I fight back, and it won't be pretty. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Bob Schieffer. He is a piece of liberal crap. I tell you, that guy, he is such a pathetic piece of work. Uh, I, I can't even begin to describe how I feel about this waste of life on this planet. Bob Schieffer, what a piece of work. So anyway, uh, but it does remind me of, uh, here is a sort of, uh, here is how I think of uh, McCain to Trump. Okay, and, and uh, this it's just sort of jumped out at me, folks. Uh, this is from The Wrath of Khan. Uh, this is how I see McCain uh, reacting to Trump to the very end. much uh, McCain right there, folks. What do you think, Lee? <laughs> McCain, oh, is, McCain is lost all... He's basically lost his credibility, and he's just a... He's in a jealous fight right now. Yeah, he is. Against yeah. everything that doesn't give him, give him any... Well, uh, 
significant. Remember, folks, McCain was always a rogue. Yeah, McCain uh, lost to Obama. He pretty much gave it away to Obama in much the same way that Romney did. In 2008, McCain lost. And he lost the nomination. Exactly. Well, yeah, he lost this. But anyway, yeah, he he lost the uh, he he ran for president no way, but he lost. And you know, I, at this point, I cannot believe we even you know were considering electing that idiot. But I mean, I, I mean, he's still alive. I can say whatever I want to about him right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, it does look good for McCain. I'm not celebrating that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not celebrating that by any stretch. But I'm giving you. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna do the wrath of Khan. He's gonna spit at him from the heart of hell. Uh, that's going to be the way that we're going to see this roll, I guarantee you, okay? So, we still got a lot of show to do, but uh, we're going to take a break. And Because, uh, you know what? We missed a break last week, Lee. I couldn't believe it. We're going to take a break tonight. And when we get back, uh, we're going to roll through some of this other stuff. Uh, truly fascinating. Finish off this bit of the news. I'm going to go into a little bit more of the main stuff, and then we're going to go off into the... Uh, some of the other stuff that uh, Lee will undoubtedly want to uh, speak to. Very interesting things like uh, will AI be creating the God, etc. Okay, that's going to be the big question. Dan Brown seems to think that AI will create the God and these people will worship. Probably not that, but it could be close, somewhere in that realm. Okay. Uh, from what we are seeing taking shape with this Antichrist movement that uh, considers to gather, cons- continues to gather steam, and um, just what we are seeing happen worldwide, just <clears throat> just a breakdown, uh, a great falling away, as they say, of people who uh, follow Christ, but not maybe not in America, folks, maybe not in America. So anyway, we're going to talk about that. And there are, there are a lot of other things, like, for instance, they, they found some structures around the volcanoes in Egypt, okay? And they believe, that those are, they, they believe that it was some sort of gates to hell. I can't wait to hear what Lee has to say about that when we go through that particular story. And then if we have time, we're going to take a look at how the elites and central banks have owned the planet, okay? Hopefully we will have time. So when we get back, uh, we're going to roll through all that, so hang with us. And we appreciate you joining us. Hello. Welcome to Obama Golf. My name is Trina. How can I help you? Yes, hi. I received an email from Golfsmith stating that my Pro V1 golf ball order had been canceled and I should go to your exchange to reorder it. So I tried the website, but it doesn't seem to be working. So I'm calling the 800 number. Yes, I'm sorry about the website. It should be fixed by the end of 2014, but I can help you. Thanks. I ordered some Pro V1 golf balls. Sir, Pro V1s do not meet our minimum standards. I will be happy to provide you with a choice of Pinnacle, Top Flight, or Callaway Blue. But I've played Pro V1 for years. The government has determined that Pro V1s are no longer acceptable, so we have instructed Titleist to stop making them. Top Flights are better, sir. I am sure you will love them. But I like the Pro V1. Wait, why are Top Flights better? That is all spelled out in the 2700-page Affordable Golf Ball Act passed by Congress. Well, how much are these Top Flights? It depends, sir. Do you want our bronze, silver, gold, or platinum package? Uh, what's the difference? 12, 24, 36, or 48 balls. Well, the silver package may be okay. How much is it? It depends, sir. What is your monthly income? What does that have to do with anything? I need that to determine your government 
government golf ball subsidy. Then I can determine how much your out-of-pocket cost will be. But if your income is below the poverty level, you might qualify for a subsidy. In that case, I can refer you to our ball aid department. Ball aid? Yes. Golf balls are a right. Everyone has a right to golf balls. So if you can't afford them, then the government will supply them free of charge. Who said they were a right? Congress passed it. The president signed it, and the Supreme Court found it constitutional. Whoa, whoa, wait. I don't remember seeing anything in the Constitution regarding golf balls as a right. There's no explicit mention of golf balls in the Constitution, but President Obama is a former constitutional scholar, and he believes it would have been included if the Constitution had not been drafted by a bunch of slave-owning white men. The Democrats in the Congress and the Supreme Court agree with the president that golf balls are now a right guaranteed by the Constitution. I don't believe this. It's the law of the land, sir. Now we anticipated most people would go for the silver package. So what is your monthly income, sir? Forget it. I'll just forego the balls this year. In that case, sir, I will still need your monthly income. Why? To determine what your non-participation cost would be. What? Wait, you can't charge me for not buying golf balls. It's the law of the land, sir. <laughs> Approved by the Supreme Court. It's forty nine fifty or one percent of your monthly income. Oh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll pay the forty nine fifty. Sir, it is the forty nine fifty or one percent of your monthly income, whichever is greater. Are you kidding me? What a ripoff. Actually, sir, it's a good deal. Next year it will be two percent. Uh, look, I'm gonna call my congressman to find out what's going on here. This is ridiculous. I'm not gonna pay it. Sorry to hear that, sir. That's why I had the NSA track this call and obtain the make and model of the cell phone you're using. Why does the NSA need to know what kind a cell phone I'm using. So they can get your GPS coordinates, sir. The hell is that? That would be the IRS, sir. Thanks for calling Obama Golf. Have a nice day. And God bless the land of the free and the home of the brave. Have questions about business insurance? Simply log on to www.carolinaindustrial.com. We make it our business to get to know yours. Running a business is a full-time job. So is protecting it. Auto Owners Insurance protects thousands of businesses just like yours. We'll assess your needs and eliminate your insurance problems so you can devote more time to what you do best, managing your business. See us for no-problem business protection through Auto Owners Insurance. Auto Owners, no-problem people. Call Carolina Industrial and Matthews, insuring businesses statewide for over 21 years. 704-845-2456. 704-845-2456. Auto owners, no problem people. Chief of Staff John Kelly. Gee, do you think he would lie 
He said that he thought President Trump's remarks in a call to the widow of a Green Beret slain by Islamic State terrorists in Niger were completely appropriate, quote-unquote, and respectful, quote-unquote. General Kelly was present for the call and thought it was completely appropriate. This is from uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. He thought the call was respectful, and he thought that the president did the best job he could under those circumstances to offer condolences on the part of the country. Trump has no recording of Tuesday's call to Maisha Johnson of Miami Gardens, Florida, but Kelly was among several people in the room from the administration who were on the call. Kelly, who became chief of staff in July, is a retired Marine Corps general whose son was killed in Afghanistan in 2010. Trump referenced Kelly's situation Tuesday in arguing that former President Barack Obama did not call every Gold Star family and explaining why he had not reached out to the family of the dead Green Beret Army. His remarks to Johnson's president, uh, pregnant widow Tuesday were slammed as insensitive by Representative Frederica Geraldine Wilson. Wilson charged that Trump told, you know, the woman lies. That's what she does. I mean, she told, she she actually told the House that her people were eating dog food. Does anybody believe that? And she also was one of the instigators in saying that Trayvon Martin was shot by a dog when we know that he tried to get the officer's gun. And he charged the officer, and the officer had no choice but to shoot him. And this is where the, uh, you know, hands up, don't shoot. She was one of the idiots who were uh, making these remarks. And this is part of what the NFL is kneeling for, because that's a lie that we know is a lie. The whole damn thing was a lie. And, uh, you know, these people cling to their lies, okay? That's, I mean, this is just how it works. They cling to their lies. And they're going to be the authors of their own demise. So you have got a bunch of sweaty, thuggish multimillionaires who really don't know what time it is and need to stay the hell out of politics, folks, uh, because they don't know what time it is when it comes to this stuff, especially the propaganda. But and the media was culpable, folks, in all of this. And it's just, man, it just, oh, it just rips me. It just gets so angry at this stuff. So let's move on. Then we've got Obama regime in the U.S. US DOJ during Obama's regime covering up for the FBI's undisclosed Russian racketeering investigation. Now, uh, to make a very long story short, and you can come read this. Now, this was presented at the Hill. And, folks, if you get a, uh, you know, the, the main show, the live show may end. I'm not sure how still, because I'm not listening to it while it's live. And there's nowhere for me to go to find out unless I get somebody to listen in but uh, and talk to them, and, you know, we're busy. So, anyway, if the show goes dead in this, this second hour, if it does, just uh, it'll come back in another hour. So you can go listen to the third hour. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be – if you're listening right now, it could go dark, and, and, uh, and then that's it. But you can also pick us up um, at uh, uh, iTunes. CR Live. All you got to do is Google it in your, and you can pick it up in your podcast or in your iTunes portion of your phone, and you can click on it and get the full show, or you can uh, just come back to Blog Talk in about an hour, and they'll have the show processed and up and ready to go. Okay, so that's if you, if if I blank out in in 30 seconds, that's what happened. We'll be back. So now then, for the third hour. Before the Obama administration approved a controversial deal in 2010, giving Moscow control of a large swath of American uranium, the FBI had gathered substantial evidence that Russian nuclear industry officials were engaged in bribery 
kickbacks, extortion, and money laundering. And all of this was designed to grow Vladimir Putin's atomic energy business inside the U.S., and this is according to government documents and interviews. Federal agents used a confidential U.S. witness working inside the Russian nuclear industry to gather extensive financial records, make secret recordings, and intercept emails as early as 2009 that showed Moscow had compromised an American uranium trucking firm with bribes and kickbacks in violation of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, that's the UCPA, FBI, and court documents show. They also obtained an eyewitness account backed by documents indicating that Russian nuclear officials had routed millions of dollars to the U.S. designed to benefit former President Bill Clinton's charitable foundation during the time of Secretary of State Hillary Clinton served on a government body that provided a favorable position to Moscow. Okay, this is from an FBI insider. On the good side, we have good ones, as we've stated in the deep state. There are good and there are bad. This is one. This is one who's on the good side. The racketeering scheme was conducted with the consent of higher-level officials in Russia, who shared the proceeds from the kickbacks. Rather than bring immediate charges, however, in 2010, the Department of Justice under Obama continued investigating the matter for nearly four more years essentially leaving the American public and Congress in the dark about nuclear, Russian nuclear corruption on U.S. soil during a period when the Obama administration made two major decisions benefiting Putin's commercial nuclear ambition. Now, folks, when this sale was used by Trump on the campaign trail, Hillary Clinton's spokesman said she was not involved in the committee review. That's a lie. The administration of which Hillary Clinton was directly a part of gave approval for Rosatom's Tenex subsidiary to sell commercial uranium to U.S. nuclear power plants in partnership with the U.S. Enrichment Corporation. And before then, Tenex had been uh, <clears throat> limited to selling U.S. nuclear power plants, reprocessed uranium recovered from dismantled Soviet nuclear weapons under the 1990 megatons to megawatts peace program, and I'm sure we paid dearly for that. The Russians were compromising American contractors, and then they were, in order to get approval to buy U.S. uranium, they actually went and spent $145 million, okay, actually more than that, that was a total donation from Uranium One shareholders to the Clinton Foundation via the conduit of the Russian oligarchs in the run-up to Hillary Clinton's State Department approving the deal, which gave Russia control over 20% of U.S. uranium. As the Russians gradually assumed control over Uranium One, folks, a flow of cash made its way to the Clinton Foundation. Uranium One's chairman used his family foundation to make four donations totaling $2.35 million, and these contributions were not publicly disclosed by the Clintons. Folks, if you've ever wondered what was in those 33,000 emails that she deleted and that, that were under subpoena by Congress, if you've ever wondered what happened, and by the FBI too, by the way, yeah, we've got to add that one in there, she destroyed those emails. She wiped them, and then she bleach-bitted them, okay? So <clears throat> is it possible that – is it not possible – that certain emails between her and the Russians were on that private server. What do you think, Lee Daniel? I think they were. I think there's a lot more besides that that's on there, too. I agree. There's, there's a lot more. There's that's way, just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, exactly. There's way more than, I mean, 33,000 emails. 
can you imagine the text that there is in that? You know, there's probably what sixty-five thousand pages. That's, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, there's probably privileged information, like between her and attorneys, but there's also a lot of public uh, interest information, like the the uranium deal never was any good. It always was a bunch of crap. And I, yeah. you know, I, I stand with anybody to argue that it was any any good at all. It should have never happened, and part of that uranium probably went to places that it shouldn't have gone. Oh, absolutely. We yeah. know that, there, that that Russia was shipping uranium to Iran. That happened about a year ago. Okay, so there's a very it, good chance. Well, it may that uranium... also have gone to North Korea. Absolutely, because uh, that's happened too, hasn't it? You're absolutely right. So, folks, this goes deep. Now, look, here's the thing, and this is a first. This is breaking. The Senate Judiciary Committee is launching a probe into the Russian nuclear bribery case, folks. I tell you, Hillary Clinton has got to be, her sphincter has got to be tightening up at this point. I don't know how the woman survives all this stuff that she has done, that she is being found out for. So far, she's dodged, as they say, the bullet, okay? I don't know how long that's going to last at this point. Uh, we'll see how strong the deep state is, right? The Senate Judiciary Committee has launched a probe into a Russian nuclear bribery case demanding several federal agencies disclose whether they knew the FBI had uncovered the corruption before the Obama administration in 2010 approved a controversial uranium deal. Senator Chuck Grassley, the committee chairman on Wednesday, raised the issue in public during questioning of Attorney General Jeff Sessions during an oversight hearing. The senator cited a series of uh, the Hill stories that showed the FBI had evidence that Russian nuclear officials were involved in a racketeering scheme, according <clears throat> as early as 2009, which was well before the uranium deal was approved for the Russians. According to government docs and recent news reports, the Justice Department had an ongoing criminal investigation for bribery, extortion, money laundering, all of Hillary Clinton's extreme speciality, into officials for a Russian company making purchase of Uranium One that was approved by and recommended for approval by Hillary Clinton. Folks, that comes through the State Department, right? Oh, yeah, that's a State Department function. They were the ones who approve all of this stuff. Anything foreign goes to the State Department, especially like this. has to come to the uh, Department of State. And Lee knows that all too well, don't you, Lee? Yep. That's one of the, you know, they are the specialists in all this because they are the ones that go to the lengths of making all the treaties they make all the deals with other countries, and basically all you know they they go to the Department of Defense. They go to all of the little acronym agencies and get their input and their their criticism on it. Then they they put it all back together in a package that's palatable. And basically, the president just goes, you know, the president yeah. has his own legal people go through it one time to make sure he isn't signing anything that'll get him hung. And that's but, it. You know, the, that's all they yeah, care The interesting about. thing here, they kept it in the dark. They did not tell the American people. Yeah. They did not say anything about the investigation. When it was time to do the reports, instead of saying, oh, okay, well, we better come clean on this and let the American people know, what did they do? 
They kept oh. investigating because that, that's a classic way to keep it covered up. Oh, we got to continue the investigation. So, and this yeah. is exactly what they're, you know, this this is the inverse of what they're doing with this stupid and, Mueller and commission investigating Trump. Don't you Trump. have any I mean, comments? No, it's an ongoing investigation. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's incredible, and it's contrived. And then you have, look at this. You have this sitting here, all of these uh, the Russian connections between Podesta and his sitting on the board of all of these uh, companies that are very close, that Putin actually sits on as well. He's, there's like four of them that Podesta sits on. You've got this with Hillary Clinton approving the deal to sell one-fifth of our uranium to Russia, supposedly the Democrats' mortal enemy, our mortal enemy, right? Yeah. So, and, and all of a sudden they're trying to foist – I mean, it becomes a joke, ladies and gentlemen, is what I'm telling you. They are investigating Trump for Russian collusion based on nothing but a dossier created by Fusion GPS, which is a left-wing organization sponsored and paid for by the Democrat Party and the deep state FBI. I mean, this is incredible. This is why you need to be calling your congressman and senator. You need to be telling them exactly that. I cannot believe you people are investigating Trump and you're ignoring this. Well, the Senate is finally investigating it, but it took them long enough, didn't it? But you know how these Senate investigations go. What needs to happen is Sessions needs to get in on this because he couldn't be a part of the Russian collusion uh, on Trump, but all he can be a part of Russian collusion with Hillary, can't he? I mean, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? So this is just the just incredible. This is how they laugh at us because they are running the show, not the people, not we the people who are supposedly supposed to be in charge of our government. We are it's supposed to be a representative government no. that the people control. We the and elite. if you say that, yeah, exactly. And if you say that, if you the, the, they will tell you that, well, you know, that's uh, that's it's not we the people. Come on, we run this show, uh, and we're uh, you know we we've got bigger fish to fry. So this is this is why you hear uh, John McCain, who's, who is one of the biggest fuck ups ever in the military. He was constantly showboating with his jet. Um, he, I mean, he, he you know. He, he about knocked down an Italian ski villa because he wanted to fly under the wires one time. I mean, this guy was a showboat from the start. He was the son of an admiral who was the son of an admiral. He had a silver spoon, if ever there was one. And I don't think he, I don't know, but, uh, I mean, he's supposed to be some kind of hero. Oh, there's way more to that story. We've gotten into that. I'm not going to go into that now. But now you have the Senate beginning in its investigation, finally, in the arena, and it's because of the story that just broke, and it was because of an FBI, in essence, an FBI leak. Okay, remember how the leak is the thing, it was a Russian, the, the Trump dossier, which was actually finagled by a bunch of Russian oligarchs, a bunch of false stories from Russia. Designed, that was the interfering in the U.S. election, Right. That was the thing that they were using, and they and, and remember, BuzzFeed, I think, was the organization that put it out, even though everybody knew it was false. Everybody knew it was bull. So, yeah, so Recessions responded that uh, I would offer that some people have gone to jail in that transaction already as far as Uranium One, but the article talks about other issues without confirming or denying existence of any particular investigation, I would say I hear your concerns and they will be reviewed. Now, I don't know about Sessions still, folks. I'm just saying, you know, he's been ignoring this all along. 
the Senate is investigating it, and we still don't know, because that's where the power comes from, the, from the DOJ, the Department of Justice, are the ones that are going to prosecute this, if indeed they do. But he's already said at one point, well, that's in the past. Folks, I am sick of that. That's one of Hillary arguments. Well, that's in the past. Well, what in the hell isn't in the past? What I just said is in the past. The beginning of the show was in the past. Okay, so you, you see what I'm saying? So any any time yes. somebody commits a crime, it's in the past automatically. Okay, because time moves yeah. forward and things happen. In the, so that that's not a a rational excuse not to pursue something. It's just a stupid excuse it, that people swallow. Okay, go ahead, Lee. Yeah, and you you know what? One of the classic statements that was made to me on several occasions, and I didn't buy it for a second, was, look, I got him away with that, and I've cursed it as looking back. You don't look back on what I've gotten somebody away with, so leave it alone. And I exploded. And I ripped into it, and I tore it apart, and, you know, it was like squeezing... Uh, excuse me, it was like squeezing out a boil. It finally exploded and got taken care of. But I can tell you one thing. The standard operation of certain people and certain entities is fine, leave it alone. I got them away with it. And that's all there is supposedly ever going to be said about it. Nothing. Because once they've gotten them away with it, who who the hell are you? You know, that's the whole attitude, and that's the whole stand that is taken. Of how dare you open this back up exactly. again and get somebody caught with something I got them away with? Yeah, I'm trying to protect you know, you that might, you might cost gonna... somebody a billion dollars. Look what exactly. we might lose if you do that. And so the senator, you know, that yeah, was actually yeah. said to me by the by the executive levels in a certain church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, nothing is that. sacred. No, apparently not. Now, this uh, the chairman also specifically conveyed in his recent letters that he no longer accepts the Obama administration's assurances from 2015 that there was no basis to block the deal, the Uranium One deal. He says, I am not convinced by these assurances, and that's what Grassley wrote uh, to the Homeland uh, Security Department last week. He says, the sale of Uranium One was resulted in a Russian government takeover of a significant portion of U.S. uranium mining capacity. In light of that fact, very serious questions remain about the basis for the finding that this transaction did not threaten to impair U.S. national security. Well, I would think selling something that they're going to use to, you know, fire at us is probably a little bit of a threat to our national security at the very minimum, folks. So Wednesday's hearing was scheduled for other purposes, although aides said that they expected Grassley to ask Sessions questions about the story in the Hill. And um, and so the, the, the Sessions, as usual, says, well, I'm going to look into it, so we'll see. We'll see. But this, just the Senate, uh, that's going to force things to happen, folks. That's going to force some things to happen. We hope, uh, and uh, and then and, you know, go ahead. An Lee. interesting note. An interesting note to what you're talking about. If nobody knows, uh, one of the biggest 
now owners and operators of the uh, uranium uh, mining, especially in Wyoming, is Duke Energy right here in Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the they largest acquired energy that several company years ago. Yeah, and you know they're doing billions and billions, and I'm sure they're doing billions and billions more after that oh, yeah. deal. Largest, largest energy company in the United States, absolutely. So uh, yeah, it used to be a really, uh, really good company. Never had rate increases. Uh, they got rid of uh, Bill Lee, and then uh, you know then they had a rate increase almost every other year, every three years. I mean, it's just incredible. So now then, uh, in in light of this, uh, we're talking about sessions. We're talking about Senate hearings. Uh, this is a this is what happened today, and I'm going to let you listen to a little bit of this exchange uh, between uh, Al Frankenstein and Jeff Sessions. Al Franken being the left wing uh, former comedian senator, right, uh, on Saturday Night Live. And uh, here's uh, Jeff Sessions. And just a little bit of this, I'll let you hear. This was a flare-up that they had. Okay, check it out. With the Russians. Since you have qualified your denial to say that you did not, quote, discuss issues uh, of the campaign with Russians, what, in your view, constitutes issues of the campaign? Well, let me just say this without hesitation that I conducted no improper cam or discussions with Russians at any time regarding a campaign or any other uh, item facing this country. Okay, how do you I, know? I want to say that first. Now, that's been the suggestion that you've raised and others. It was somehow we had conversations that were improper. May I suggest that, that? No, no, no. You had a long time, Senator Franken. I'd like to respond. Okay. I think I have a. Uh, well, note, note that Senator Cruz went two minutes over, so I don't want. Uh, well, they're going to cut me off, and so I want to ask you some questions. I w no, I don't, Mr. Chairman, I don't have to sit in here and listen uh, to his. Uh, You're the one who charges without having a chance to respond. Give me a break. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Take whatever. It, it was not a simple question, Senator Franken. I'm sorry. It, it was not a simple question. Uh, the lead-in to your question was very, very troubling, and I, I answered to you. Uh, in a way that I felt was responsive to what you raised in your question. Let me read it to you. You said, CNN has just published a story, meaning that day, uh, while we were in the hearing, that I, none of us had heard about. Keep reading. And I'm telling you this, uh, uh, new, about this new story that's just been published. I'm not expecting you to know whether or not it's true, but CNN just published a story alleging that the intelligence community, that's of the United States of America, provided documents to the president-elect last week that included information that, quote, Russian operatives claim to have compromising personal and financial information about Mr. Trump, you went on to say these documents also allegedly say, quote, there was a continuing exchange of information 
during the campaign between Trump's surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government. Now, again, I'm telling you this as it's coming out, so you know, but if it's true, it's obviously extremely serious, and if there's any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? So taken aback by this dramatic statement that I'd never heard before and, and knew nothing about, I responded this way. Senator Franken, I'm not aware of those activities. I have been a, called a surrogate a time or two in this campaign, and I did not have, did, I didn't have, did not have communications with the Russians. Uh, I'm unable to comment on it. I don't think that can fairly be uh, interpreted as saying I never had conversations with any Russians. It was referring directly to the suggestion that there was a continuing exchange of information between Trump surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government, which did not happen, at least not to my knowledge, and not with me. And that's why I responded the way I do. And I'm disappointed. Uh, yes, you can say uh, what you want to about the uh, accuracy of it, but I think it was a good faith response to a dramatic event uh, at the time, and I don't think it's uh, fair for you to suggest uh, otherwise. All right, that's enough of that. But uh, you know what? I hope the Senator Sessions is just as pissed off on behalf of the American people uh, as he was uh, just now with his honor being besmirched. That's about all I've got to say. I don't know. I, I just Lee. I just you know he was a hero of mine and. And I, I just, I don't, I don't, maybe he's got something going on where we're going to find out all about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, he never should have recused himself because he didn't do anything wrong. And I think he was just running scared when he did it for, because of the political fallout. When we're in a different game, Trump is, the, you know, it's not just Steve Bannon. I mean, Trump is playing the deep states, these, these, uh, these uh, GOP rhinos. Uh, like these guys were just in diapers. He's getting, he's he's moving ahead of them. They know what the they know what the story is. They know that the American people. That's why you saw this big change when McConnell came out. They know that the American people are on to them. They know that they are are. We know that they are doing things uh, that go against U.S. interests. And, you know, now that's what McCain was referring to as nationalism, nasty, nasty nationalism, which we also call patriotism. Folks, there's not a dime's worth of difference between a patriot and a nationalist as far as that goes. Lee, I don't even know. When you check the definitions, there's just not, there's very little variance. It's just, it's who's saying the word at the time, okay? And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, the, 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 you, these days, I mean, back in the day, it, it, they were everywhere, Democrat patriots. Now they're a bunch of damn Democrat turncoats. There are no Democrat patriots. Hell, they don't even run that. They, they didn't even have a flag at their convention until we started giving them a hard time about it. And then all of a sudden they went out and got a bunch of flags. I'll never forget that. They're the same ones that booed God. So what are you doing, eating peanuts or something? I hear a bunch of clicking. Anyway, um, no. 
you know, that you just you don't see a flag waving Democrat. I mean, it's just an oxymoron. Could you? Oh yeah, he's a real flag waving Democrat. That doesn't happen anymore. Uh, there are no Kennedys out there right now, and that's because Obama ran him out of the party beginning in uh, in '09. Okay, and uh, maybe they come back. I don't know. It doesn't look good because the globalists have completely infiltrated that party. And when I say globalists, I mean the Antichrist movement. And you can see it when they're questioning certain members of, you know, maybe they're congressmen, maybe they're political appointees. But if you're a Christian political appointee, you're going to have some leftist from San Francisco, some Satan-worshipping bitch like uh, Feinstein coming at you, telling you, well, I'm not really sure that you can do this job because you're a Christian. Folks, you know, I'm not one of these Christians that sit there and take it. I just ain't. I'm the other type, okay? Whatever you want to call it, okay? I'm not going to take that. That's not me. I mean, you know, the the, the Christians that fought World War II, yeah, those those are Christians, too. Okay, you've got both sides. So, anyway, <clears throat> and then, then we had the other story. And this was about National Public Radio getting caught in the Russian cyber warfare scandal. Folks, they were being paid by, <clears throat> excuse me, Kaspersky Labs, which is a Russian company that was building a backdoor into its software security. Well, guess who one of the major sponsors of the constantly, constantly, constantly ruminating over the Trump-Russia collusion story? I mean, that's practically all they've talked about uh, since, what, March of this year? I mean, every time I've tuned in, because I like to find out what the enemy is saying, and at this point I view them as enemies. I don't, I don't view them as political opposition anymore because they're a bunch of liars. They have no honor. These are the ones that ran Dana Loesch, forced her to move because of death threats, because of her stance on guns and, you know, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. They ran her from her house. They threatened her. These are the supposedly peaceful uh, anti-gun movement. There ain't nothing peaceful about them people, folks. They ran Dana Loesch, the conservative on the back show. You've seen her everywhere. You know what I'm talking dark-headed, real pretty girl. Um lady, and ran her children, threatened her children, okay? These are the people we are dealing with now. They have no honor. They have no courage. They have no character. These are the people that we are dealing with. We will win this, folks. I mean, we're winning going all over the place. Russia, I mean, I'm sorry, Russia, the NFL, uh, their their uh, the people the, their fans their their revenue everything their their popularity is down fifty percent. In other words, they've got fifty percent less people coming to the games and watching on TV because of this anti-American uh, globalism that you see. That's what I call the guys kneeling on the field. They're practicing a globalist precept, anti-patriotism. That's one of the precepts of both Marxism and globalism, folks. Okay. So, that, yeah, that's what's actually happening. You're seeing the infestation, the plague, the cancer that is in the Democrat Party spread to so many members of its minions, okay? And these hapless, sweaty thugs who play for the NFL, the ones who are kneeling, okay, they're just useful idiots to the movement. And they are idiots because they're hitting themselves in the bottom line. A little thing called revenue sharing. They get 55% of the NFL's income, right? So what happens when the income drops, 50%, folks, I ask you, they, you know, fine, if, if you want to go do some of any American stuff, that's, you know, go do it, whatever. 
I'm not going to bless it. I'm not going to watch it. But I'm not going to watch it while, while an NFL game is being – that is a slap in the face. And, and you don't have a bunch of blasted liberals, folks, watching NFL. They get queasy, okay? No, you have a bunch of regular American people watching the game. And, and, and so, you know, uh, the, the people who are watching them – they're just slapping them in the face. I'm sure a liberal would enjoy it. They'd be going, hey, and you see, you see, uh, Hillary came out the other day and said, oh, yeah, they have a perfect right. Well, of course they have a perfect right. That's not the point. The point is it, 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 it digresses from good manners, as uh, what's his name? Mark Stein was saying today. It's just it's a matter of manners. I mean, you know. I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible how idiotic these individuals, and these guys are making. Okay, 30 times what your family made, 30 times, sometimes 50 if you were a U.S. soldier, 50 times what the ordinary American soldier makes, 30 times what the – and they are – they're protesting for equality. Okay, come on. Uh, you know, I tell you, Lee, I just get so pissed off at this. I could just spit. And uh, the, just the idiocy of these people. But, yeah, Kaspersky really? Labs was being – yeah, Kaspersky Labs was sponsoring NPR, and Kaspersky is a Russian oligarchy company that built a window into their software so that the Russians could spy on every American, okay, and the American government, which was stupid enough, probably because of Obama, to run Kaspersky software. Don't think that was an accident, folks. I mean, we see who's really the Russian colluders are. And this has been the point all along. I mean, you know, you, you go look at Ukraine, okay, and, and you go look at the fact that it was de-armed so that, so that Russia could invade them, okay, and, and who was it that de-armed them, right? Oh, well, that was Obama. Oh, yeah, he was there. <clears throat> he fronted the commission. He fronted $150 million to the Ukrainians, okay, to de-arm them making them susceptible to invasion. But then he promised that the U.S. would back them up in case anybody messed with them. And the Kremlin and the Brits, and they were all a party to this. And guess what happened when Russia invaded? Obama turned his little ass and tail and ran like a little uh, little puppy, okay? That's that's your character, okay? If he had stood up, he could There's have stopped that invasion. Oh, yeah, I could. Uh, Lee, I tell you, I'm going to let you go. Just go ahead. I'm, I'm just getting so pissed off at this. Go ahead. Whatever you want to say. Well, first, for the last at least 60 years that I have monitored and looked at things and, and all that, because I started this as a child listening to my family, who was highly placed. One side of my family was lowly placed, and one side was highly placed. And I'll leave it at that. The uh, the highly placed side used to tell me the stories of what, uh, you know, anything from absurdities to atrocities to the abstract science that went on. And the fact that because everybody was so terrified that the the world war would start up again and we'd finally lose it, you know, they made literally made deals with the devil to get ahead and and get advantage on the rest of the world, they thought. And in the process, they sold the soul of the United States, basically. And that's what these commissions a year ago 
from Princeton University, Columbia University, and Yale, all three of them consistently agreed on every last point that our, there had been a basically a very silent and secret war in our government, and we lost, we being the people. We lost. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Well, the covert ops people who are the dirtiest in the world, some of them are good, but there is an element of them that are the dirtiest, vilest thing that you can describe. They are just the worst, nastiest thing, right? They're, they're below slugs, anyhow. Then the military industrialists who have no conscience, no anything, and if you'd sit in their boardrooms, you, you would think that they are the enemy of everything in the United States. They talk about the people like, how many are we going to have to slaughter to get our way this time? Exactly. Huh? Who is there out there that's in the darn way we're going to have to get rid of this time? Oh, man, it's just a cost of doing business, but I know it. But the lawyer's going to make sure, lawyer's got to make sure we can't get caught again. And these guys would sell anybody out in two seconds for a half a percentage point in their bottom line. Because in, in their bottom line, a half a percentage point is a billion dollars. It's it's another. They don't live in the same world that we live in, and they won't. No, they do not. They would e- they would either kill anybody, or basically commit ritual suicide, if they ever thought that they were going to be taken down from their little perch. Oh, I and that's what's happening. Than, and, and, yeah, and I think that's what they are committing suicide. We. You know they're being found part out. Of them, okay. I I, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree that part of them probably have, because if it isn't an oath that they've taken in some secret society, ridiculous crap. Who mm-hmm. who everybody, including some of the, and I'm not going to go President. into who, some of the churches require yeah. you to oath that you would die before you would see them disparaged in public. You would go to your death in defense of the the church. Kind of like the Jesuit oath, right? Yeah, and and other churches too in other terminology. The whole point being, if the church was that dirty that somebody has to kill herself to defend it, what the hell are they doing to begin with? Exactly. Why should somebody have to go out and kill herself take the blame for it, die for it, to cover up for the real, you know, pus-draining boil that is the problem. Well, Sorry. and you remember, to just to, no, you're absolutely right, analogy. but remember the, remember the D.C. madam who was killed before she could testify and, you know, exactly. and, and say, you know, that that was a dead, that, she had a lot of inside operatives and politicians, <clears throat> and it wasn't just her, it was, it was a couple or three of them, and they were all killed before they could, you know, release the information, ladies and gentlemen. That's a fact. You can look this right. stuff up. You have to dig a little bit. Um, and but, I mean, this the is element that was – the, the, you mentioned the Antichrist. The element that was brought over here, and my, my family members did it. They brought the German scientists over here with all knowledge and total, total open 
consideration of the fact that they were occultists. They were Luciferians. And they, they consulted, they consorted, and they actually conversed with the demon element, with demons. They just talked to them like it was everyday business. And they got little favors from them. And they they were guided by them. They were they basically worshipped them for the knowledge that they gave them, you know the crumbs that they got. Well, and, Anyhow, and then my, I would, my point I would, is, those and the thirty six corporations that were totally criminally uh, greedy and corrupt in the development of the atomic bomb you know, demanding that they own the technology that came from it forever and ever. Those right. 36 corporations and that demonic element formed themselves together to become what Eisenhower was talking about in the military-industrial complex, that he had to take a whole army to Area 51 to try to break it up when they started, and he found out what they were doing. He had to take the army out there and, and basically put them at the front gate to dare them and back them down and let him go in and do a little bit of house cleaning to get them back on on, a, on an acceptable track right off the bat. Right. Those people had exactly. run amok. Well, and and so, you're, you're telling us what, what Jeff Ship, uh, Shipman has already said, a former high-up source of the CIA, who said that the shadow government uh, controls the deep state, and they uh, run pretty much the entire show inside the government in many cases. They are the ones pulling the strings and moving the puppets around and controlling congressmen, senators, and this is why it was so necessary to get Trump in there. And uh, not to interrupt you, but then we've got the next story, that the CIA is urging Trump to delay release of 3,000 never-before-seen documents on the JFK assassination. I'm sure, I'm sure they are. I'm sure <laughs> they know. are, because they want, to, they want everybody to be able to die of natural causes. Exactly. And you remember what Kennedy said? I'm, I'll play just a, a smidgen of it, okay? But, uh, but remember Kennedy's uh, Secret Society speech? This goes indirectly to what Lee Daniel and Jeff Shipman were saying. I think that's his name, Jeff Shipman. But listen, just a little bit of Kennedy, just a little bit, uh, about the secret society that Lee is speaking of. The very and word is secrecy crazy. is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. 
and no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources. So there you go. He just says it. And now, you know, it, it was yeah. just a – when Kennedy was trying to expose this, it, it was his goal. He said they were trying to enslave us, ladies and gentlemen. And this is precisely why conservative refocus exists. We saw this many, many years ago, although we couldn't recognize it for what it was at the time. Now we see it. didn't take long. All and the their family – yeah. Their family their family knew because their family was part of the Illuminati for years exactly. and years and years and years. And then, from what I understood from Rose Kennedy, she couldn't take any more. And, they, you know, there was a lot that happened before her husband died that she was not very happy with. Right. And a lot that happened in her family uh, that she was she finally just would not put up with it anymore and John and Bob Kennedy said that they were going to try to do something about it but you see how long they lived too right. as soon as they yeah. went after the Federal Reserve two weeks for each one of them was all they lived because the very tax money that we pay, you and I and everybody else, goes right straight out of the United States, right straight out of our ownership, into a bank that we don't own, we don't control, and cannot even be audited. How stupid is that? And that and was the beginning. Runs. What was it? Nineteen. That was nineteen eighteen. Was when it all sort of started up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That absolutely. little meeting at right. Jekyll Island. Yep. That's it. That's where Morgans it all began. So. And yeah, the Morgans and the rest of these central and, and, Illuminati. Right. And the two thousand and one terrorist uh, attack of nine eleven. That was the official doubling down on the agenda, wasn't it? I mean, there's no doubt about it. That was the installation of the vast and and, and uh, massive uh, security state that we uh, that they're trying to foment and continue. That has already been the subject of massive abuse of all sorts of citizens and killings, slayings, yeah. assassinations. I mean, things that we'll never officially know about, but you can get an idea if you track the deaths around Hillary Clinton, which we keep a, a compendium of those deaths. So now now they're going to try to release uh, the documents, Trump is, and the CIA is telling him, don't do it. Because, uh, and so you know what? That's going to happen. Now, this is according to Roger Stone. 
The CIA is urging Trump to delay disclosing some of the files for another 25 years. Gee, I wonder why. Mr. Trump, don't do it. Roger Stone said in a post on his website, they must reflect badly on the CIA, even though virtually everyone involved is long dead. Well, that's because the agenda and the ideology is still there, isn't it, Lee? Now, listen, Newsmax yeah. reports more than 3,000 never... Things- one of the things that came out blurted was blurted out shortly after uh, John Kennedy was killed was look we got to keep this shut up for 15 years or they're going to kill everybody in this mess exactly kill the whole damn yeah. place I've heard a number of quotes about if they knew what we did they would string us up now listen more than 3000 yeah, documents from the FBI can CIA you Justice it? Department are set to be released along with... Oh, go ahead. Let me go ahead with this. Along with 30,000 that have only been partially released in the past, the document dump will simply fuel a new generation of conspiracy theories, writes Philip Shannon and Larry Sabato. Sabato is the director of the University of Virginia uh, Center for Politics. And he's a globalist, by the way. And Shannon is a former reporter for the New York Times, globalist infiltrated, author of A Cruel and Shocking Act, the Secret History of the Kennedy Assassination. The CIA is urging President Trump to delay disclosing some of the files for another 25 years, according to Roger Stone, who visits conservative focus quite a bit, by the way, because he leaves comments. Really cool ones. But the National Archives would not say whether any agencies have appealed the release of the documents. Uh, according to the pundit, Roger Stone and Gerald Posner, two New York Times best-selling authors who are polar opposites about who killed JFK, have joined together to urge Donald Trump to release all the reigning files. About 3,100 files are still sealed in the archives under the 1992 JFK Records Act. Mm-hmm. The archives have until October, the end of October, to decide which will be publicly disclosed. And Roger Stone, uh, who wrote The Man Who Killed Kennedy, the case against LBJ, set forth the case that LBJ was the master mind of the plot that included the CIA, the mob, and big Texas oil to kill Kennedy. And uh, Gerald Posner uh, states that the Warren Commission conclusions are correct, and that's a bunch of bull, uh, and that uh, Oswald acted alone. So, no, uh, that's the that's no. the, uh, the normal storyline. Uh, we already yeah, know that you, there were bullets coming in from you imagine, different angles. There's no doubt about it. Can you imagine, Barry, being an entity as a that is a sworn enemy of a Christian United States, the Illuminati, Luciferian, and money-grubbing billion and trillionaires, you know, if they even are, if it's even spoken of that they're going to lose 6.3 or 6.7, whatever, $6.5 trillion a year, in tax flow that the United States is putting through their banks and the fact, the ridiculous fact that we have to borrow that money back. From, we have to borrow our own money back and pay interest and charges on it. Then those people are using that money to fund terrorists. They are using that money to fund Soros. They are using that money to fund all the despicable little things that we're talking about. Exactly. They're using our own yeah. money. 
I know, and they're they're that's and they're the doing it arrogantly. Part. Uh, and, yeah. and that's why they're <clears throat> that's why they're trying to go after Trump now. Uh, and that's part of the story is the Iranian deal, folks. Now you've seen this thing going that it, that it basically exploded between Senator Cornyn, who said, "You know what? I'm not running," and uh, President Trump. They you know they had the little war of words, and this idiot Cornyn went to the New York Times, and he has decided not to run because he knows we're going to beat him like a wet stepchild. But he was one of the uh, signatures who changed the entire rules so that Obama could get his nuclear deal passed. And the reason that they did it was because they were being massively funded by Boeing, ladies and gentlemen. And even that Tim Scott, the supposedly black senator conservative from South Carolina, not so much. He's been co-opted now. Can't stand him. Uh, he, he, is one of the, he is one of the guys that has been co-opted. There's no doubt about it. He needs to go. But anyway, while Obama has his Islamist-inspired, gutlessly irresponsible reasons, because he's a pro-Islamist, for pushing the Iran nuke deal, many of us were mystified at the series of events machinated by the establishment globalist Republicans to make the, make the deal go through. It was they who did it with the Democrats, but it was they who allowed it to happen. <clears throat> what was their Machiavellian inspiration? Well... Now we understand what was so important to the ruling class, that the security of everybody to let Iran get a nuclear bomb, and even Western Europe was compromised. It's all for the sake of dollars and the globalist need for international violence and perhaps even more refugees. Stunningly, it was mostly about the money, at least for our jelly-spined GOP leadership folks. The lifting of those sanctions to the tune of $150 billion, in addition to the $150 billion cash that Obama gave these idiots on a pallet, would result in aircraft maker Boeing's massive sale of aircraft parts and aircraft to Iran, which is also why the aircraft maker donated millions of dollars to get the deal through. So, I mean, this is similar to, uh, well, anyway. The political oligarchs of both, policy, of, of both parties were willing to trade our security and massive potential loss of life for just a few dollars, relatively speaking, in political terms but not President Trump. So this is why you see the 2015 Republican leadership colluded with the White House. The Corker, Bob Corker, Cardin, okay, Cardin is a disgrace, Iran Nuclear Agreement Review Act that guaranteed that Obama would be authorized to lift sanctions against Iran. That's who did it. It was Bob Corker. And folks, Boeing, I looked uh, and I saw the massive amounts of money that went to McConnell and Scott and Ryan and all of these other people. Pretty sure Ryan was in there. But certainly Corker, he was at the forefront of it. Boeing was giving them money so that they would allow this deal to go through so that they could sell aircraft to the Iranians, right? And you see, this is why Europe is so pissed off at Trump for not following along, because they're trying to get business from Iran. They're trying to sell things and get all, all the, you know, all the things. They're willing to trade their security, or at least the, the global elite are, uh, because, you know, anytime there's a, the, the specter of violence, they're going to make money over hand over fist. So they don't care if there's a war, do they, Lee? They, as a matter of fact, that's preferable no. to these guys. So, I mean, that's, that's the exactly point. Right. They, don't, they, they don't give a shit if there's going to be a war. If anything, that's like, oh, boy, we're going to have a war. You know, it's like Christmas to these guys. You know how really much a cruise missile costs? like a million, two million dollars. 
your basic cruise missile with a conventional, just a plain old uh, epoxy explosive warhead is about $746,000. That's it. Yeah, that's it. The good ones, the good ones that have smart content are like a million two ninety. Yeah. Each. Now these yep. guys will just sit back and rub their hands together, like you said. Oh, oh God, hell yeah! It's Christmas the pro- morning. The profit margin. Though. Can you imagine? The profit margin is probably ten to one, folks. I mean, you and think retail you, with with a fifty percent markup? Brokers. Oh God, yeah. So everybody makes out. All right, everybody makes out. So we've got the story here. If you want to come look at it, we're running out of time, and I did want to get in this one thing. With Lee, among his many specialities, here here is a bit of the news. We do have a Massachusetts man. I'm sure he was an Islamist convicted of plotting to behead conservative blogger Pamela Geller. Well, yeah, he was convicted. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank God. Yeah. Good. Then we have China. Folks, their eight-ton uh, space lab is crashing to Earth. <laughs> they can't keep anything up, can they? No one knows where it's going to hit, Lee. Uh, is you know is, is in atmospheric dressing weighs like thirty tons okay uh, they, and they didn't put it up in the atmosphere high enough and uh, you know or I'm sorry not the atmosphere but they didn't put it in, into orbit high enough to keep it in orbit so the I mean the they can't do anything right it's like Chinese drywall in space for Christ I mean this is it's just incredible so if you have an eight ton space lab fall on your house well you'll know who to blame okay be China right. And see now, everybody yeah, at else. At least they lifted the thing where you can sue them, huh? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I suppose. Uh, but you know, everybody else puts them up there and leaves enough fuel in them when they're, you know, when they're almost expired. Yeah. They, they, they generally, folks. I'm serious about this. They will always bring them down. Okay, off the coast of New Zealand. It's called the, the graveyard. Uh, it's like the, the what do they call it? The uh, the the space graveyard, okay. It's right. It's in the uh, in the Pacific, right off the coast of New Zealand, about two, three, four hundred miles, something like that. It's just a graveyard of space junk, okay. And that's where they always bring it down. The Chinese are so freaking stupid that they can't even put an eight-ton lab uh, up to the point where they can bring it down, where it's not going to kill somebody. I mean, for heaven's sake, it could crash down in the middle of a football stadium during a game. Who knows? could hit Beijing, and they don't know. So, And they still don't know because, you know, it's almost impossible to gauge uh, atmospheric drag to the point where it's going to finally take the thing down. So they're hoping the Chinese, I'll tell you. This is a danger of giving monkey technology. Don't give a monkey technology. Hillary Clinton falls and breaks her toe again. Stumble down the stairs. And I'm sure Trump, she's going to blame him for it somehow. Uh, Soros did transfer 18B into his foundation. Uh, open, uh, what is it, uh, open borders or open society, whatever he calls it. He's, and then the Wall Street Journal, open by the way, mind. they had this, yeah, they had this, it's called something, uh, open societies. But the Wall Street Journal did a story on this, and they were acting like Soros was the second freaking coming, which, by the way, Soros thinks he's the second coming, but not of the good one, not of Christ. I'll tell you that. So <clears throat> this is not going to be good because, you know, they they said he always tries to take down communist regimes. That's bull, total bull. That's not true. He's taken down as many capitalists as he has 
<coughs> excuse me, communists. Uh, now we've got city council members taking a knee. Uh, Monday night football ratings are gone to hell. And then finally, this one last story that I'll barely be able to get to. And this has got to be replaced by artificial intelligence. A new religion to be created by computers, says Dan Brown. And you can come here and read this story. It's crazy, okay? But Because um, we're, we're vastly out of time. Experts are still unsure as to the purpose of the structure. Oh, wrong story. Sorry about that. Did I get the wrong one? Please don't. Oh, I hope not. Uh, this is the gates to hell. I tell you what, we're 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 gonna have to go into that. I I gave it the wrong freaking link. I'm sorry. So that was one of the main things I was wanting to talk about. But anyway, say just a few words. They want to turn artificial intelligence into God. The Bible speaks to this as far as the image of the beast, doesn't it, Lee? So maybe a com- maybe a component of that uh, could be possible, can it? I mean, that's what we may be saying. It can, and there was conversation about this in the mid '80s that I was privileged to. So, it's not it's not stupidity or or ridiculous conspiracy theory because millions and millions of dollars were spent back in the mid '80s to look at this whole scenario. While 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 we're talking about abstract things, I did send you an email. I wonder where the Mississippi River went. I don't Have know. you heard? Yeah, we got. I'm still checking into that one. Uh, we know something's happening. We're not sure what it is. But folks, I, again, I apologize for not getting to that particular story about the AI and God. But you know the drill. Yeah. It says in the Bible that they're going to set up something in the temple, you know, and people are going to be worshiping it. But it's going to be the image of the beast. And I think that's going to play into this somehow. I don't think there's any doubt. So, folks, we're starting to see it take shape. Uh, beyond that, I'm going to hit this next week, and we're going to get to the Illuminati stuff. We talked a little bit about it tonight, but I promise you we're going to hit it pretty hard coming in the future. And I've got one tracking we'll me in Facebook, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one in tracking me in Facebook. People. Exactly. So uh, I hope everybody has a great week. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. <clears throat> Come to conservativerefocus.com, and you can see all of these stories and more. And... Uh, God willing, we'll be back next week, 7 p.m. So God bless you. Hope you have a great week. Lee Daniel, great job as always. Uh, Hang in there and keep watching the skies, folks.